0: Hello and welcome to Go for Bronze, episode 42. On this week's show, we talk about Spider-Man being the fastest-selling first-party game in its first 24 hours on the market. PlayStation 5 streaming is coming later this month to PlayStation Plus, And the PS5 Slim model release date has been leaked. I am Joel Torres, one of your co-hosts, and as always with me is my other co-host, Marques Acevedo.
1: How am I? I'm excellent. Thanks for asking. <laughs> How are you doing? How are you doing? God damn it. How are you doing, I motherfucker? Doing, I was doing good. I was holding in uh laughter, you know, while while we were going through this. It's because we're feeling good today. You know, we're we're already nice and loose, cracking jokes. There was nothing funny about the intro. I was just having a good time, laughing. But I am doing good. We've got plenty to talk about with the show. Spider Man 2 came out on Friday, which is huge for Us over here at PlayStation, I went and full send it and beat it over the weekend. Make sure I didn't get any spoilers, but I am good. In terms of stuff unrelated to the show, but related to me and Joel, welcome one, welcome all. By the way, we went to a very fun concert to see Vacations and Last Dinosaurs, and that was a blast. That was a good time.
0: It was a very good time. We also saw Kuka.
1: Oh yeah, we did see Kuka too.
0: During our NBA. He was performing during our NBA draft
1: which I'm really excited for. Not I mean the show was cool, but I'm saying the NBA draft. I thought it was fun. I got my my lineup, I picked out my games. This is my first year doing an NBA fantasy like league, but I think I just mm-hmm. kind of wanted to do it because I got back into basketball card collecting a little bit earlier in the year, so now I think I'm somebody and I think I know who the players are, but we did our draft and I feel like my team is decent, but like we'll see. But it's fun to like see all the things that you can do. Like I picked the games that I think will be good, and then I'm looking at like free agents every now and then. But it's fun to see like people that are in our league too, like changing players' nicknames to like stupid shit, and just like people having a fun time with it.
0: And the talking shit—that's always the best part. My my little brother Justin's in there, and he is a—he's a notorious shit talker. I guess we're a family of notorious shit talkers, to be honest, because you know it starts with the oldest, but it, it trickled all the way down to. Justin and my youngest brother, Jaden, who might be the biggest shit talker out of all of us.
1: A family of loud shit talkers. We were (laughs) remarking that Joel right now is using his brother's microphone, but it sounds really good. And so the way that it's tuned, he was saying it might just be because Justin is kind of of loud as fuck sometimes. So it's perfect. Kind of. I mean, Justin
0: is like (laughs) his talking voice level. Ah! Will like pierce your fucking ears. You can't have no secret conversations with him because everybody in the room will know he's a very loud talker. It's actually, you know, he was a, I think he was such a loud talker that like he got his hearing tested as a child because they were like, maybe he's just not hearing right. That's why he feels the necessity to talk so loud. Mm. But I think he suffers, he suffers it more than I do. But we, when we get excited, we talk loud. And sometimes, you know, you get excited and you just end up getting loud for no reason. And I feel like that's where he, you know, me and him are similar in that sense. But yeah, no, I'm using it. It's perfect Sorry. for certain
1: situations, though.
0: Yeah, we're we're a loud family, though. We're very expressive, you know. We're, you know, half Puerto Rican, half Cuban. So it is a loud Hispanic household over here. And we do know the difference between the flags, unlike Insomniac. <laughs> yeah, you would
1: confuse the fuck out of Insomniac. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but would be like, wait, which one does he get? Luckily, I can get both. So it's all good. But, uh, but yeah, no, he has a nice little setup here. Shitty ass pens. This pen I wanted to write something down Like a little timestamp for when I edit later Doesn't fucking work It's like just shit Then this other like marker one is dried as fuck It's kind of like Why do you even have these pens I kind of want to throw them away But then I know he'll be like What happened to those pens
1: He's very OCD But on a positive note You said he's got a really nice keyboard I love this keyboard I just want to Just want to type shit randomly all the time It's just like a nice little Can you give us a little ASMR sample Maybe we can hear it here, let me lower the mic. Doesn't
0: that that just sounds like really nice? Like you just want to write an essay. You write, a, well, you want to write a college essay with like the, you know, you you procrastinated on it, but then you start hitting the rhythm. You get the, you know, the anxiety turns into overconfidence, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna fucking nail this, and you just just fucking typing away, baby. I don't That's miss writing about.
1: essays. Mm-mm, not a bit.
0: I kind of I kind of do cuz I don't write at all anymore. And I was mm-hmm. a I was an English major. You wouldn't know about my spelling, but I am an English major and or not am an English major. What do you say when you complete <laughs> a degree? I'm an English major graduate. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I mean have you, a degree. Ma- you majored in whatever. I mean, you can technically major in multiple things and fail out of all of them, but like I don't know if there's a I word for it. I majored in a...
0: multiple. I majored in multiple and succeeded work, so I don't but i'm saying i don't
1: i don't know if there is a word for i mean you could just say like you're an english graduate english graduate there you go thank you i'm an
0: english and political science graduate so you know what that means i do a podcast
1: (laughs) i was gonna say but what does it what does it tell you that i'm the one saying it i'm telling you how to say the english language by the way i don't uh there is well there is a like a side thing that I saw in it is in Spider Man two where somebody's like recording a podcast and the way that they have their setup, I remember when I was playing it, I was like, that's gotta be one of the shittiest sounding podcasts ever. It's like in but an open room. It's you I mean, you'll see, but I just I remember playing it and thinking it was very funny because obviously we do this and like we know um. kind of like what you do and what goes into it. And when I saw it, I was like, what the fuck is this? But
0: um Ooh, i wonder it's only it can only be two podcasts in the game because i know there's you know there's jay jonah jameson's and then there's uh what's his what's her face the danacast
1: danacast which for anyone wondering those are these are not spoilers if you played spider-man 2018 or miles morales you know about both of those also i think it goes without saying even though we're playing it and i finished it you will be getting no spoilers at all here i'll be like very aware I not of that it either so um, i'm right there with the audience Yeah, so none of that will happen. Don't worry about that. I mean, the reason why I played it so quickly is because of my sensitivity to spoilers and how I feel like that's just happened a lot. So, I guess we can. This is a PlayStation podcast. Well, I mean, let me before I just do that. How are you? I don't know if I asked that.
0: I'm good. Uh, The morning started looking good. I got a haircut, which is nice. Uh, A nice, a nice little clean trim. Lost like half a pound off my head, which is nice. I do have long hair for the audience that doesn't. I mean, there's no visual component to this podcast. Not yet. You know, we're all working on it. It's in the works, as many things are in life. But uh, I do have long hair, so it was nice to, you know, get a nice little trim, thinning up the hair, not walking around with a fucking, you know, a weight on my head. Uh, The morning did not start off great. I had a nine o'clock appointment here in Orlando. I live in Lakeland, for those who don't know, about an hour away. And I thought I gave myself enough time. I left at 730. To get to a nine o'clock appointment that's kind of right by where I live for Mark for him to know like the context mm-hmm. of the time frame. So ha- an hour and a half. You're like, that's enough time. Uh I did not make it there in time because the fucking traffic on I4 is horrendous. And so I was late. And then I called him up and then I was like, oh, I'm gonna be like 15 minutes late. I'm gonna make it at 9.15, not nine o'clock. And then the lady's like, let me talk to the the, the person that cleans your hygienist and see if they want to fucking take you on. And then the lady's like, Oh, you can come in for the exam, but we can't do the cleaning. We'll have to reschedule the cleaning. So I was like, I just rescheduled the whole thing. Why would I want to come in for half of it? That doesn't even make any fucking sense. Mm. So that was, you know, that was a little sour negative note. But then the day turned around. I got to see my parents got the haircut and everything. You know, everything's going on the right direction. There was another thing I wanted to mention, but I forgot.
1: Well, yeah, maybe maybe it'll come back to you. I think that a dentist in general, not many positive experiences. I did have one dentist that was really fantastic for a period of time. Don't know if I've told the story here, but I had a wisdom tooth taken out. And what happened was when I went there, I hadn't scheduled a removal of the tooth. I more so went there so that they could look at it and let me know if they needed to because there's two ways you can get a, a wisdom tooth removed. From what I know, there is They can numb you up there and they can kind of pull it or like loosen it, kind of wiggle it and pull it. Sorry if somebody's squeamish with this kind of dentist shit. The other one is much worse, so don't worry. The other option is they recommend you to an oral surgeon and what they'll do is they will put you under so you're just out and then they will drill the tooth so it shatters and then they'll pick out the pieces from your gums. Now... I went there just so that they could look over it and decide if it was fucking sideways enough that it needed to get drilled or if they could just pull it out. And while I was there, they were like, oh, is there any music? Do you want YouTube? What do you want on the TV? Pull it down close to you, give you some nice headphones. And they were like, we'll just examine it real quick. I was like, great. Sounds good. And then they were looking around in there doing whatever they needed to do. I was listening to like some music on YouTube that I enjoyed. And I was like, oh, it's a nice, pleasant experience. And then the dentist was like okay so what we suggest is here you go we already pulled it out like they pulled it out without me even knowing which i thought was incredible like it didn't hurt i wasn't uncomfortable i didn't even know it was happening but i'm also like sure fine it wasn't expensive that was like an excellent experience nice did they they give you
0: any medicines they gave you any drugs
1: so you didn't feel it or i think that they gave me a little like they numbed it but they mm-hmm. numbed it and she was like we're going to numb it and then like look at it. She didn't tell me they were going to pull it. Oh, great nice. experience, I- but it doesn't matter because they're no longer covered under my insurance cuz my dental we insurance kind of sucks, so <laughs> I can't go back there and the dentists that I can go to all suck, I think. I mean, not that they're going to be reviewed well, right? But this one was. Speaking of like medical places that are not reviewed well, everyone knows that like minute clinics are always reviewed like shit, right? This is something I was telling uh, Joel over the weekend. I was under the weather last week and I was feeling pretty sick. So I went to a minute clinic and they're just doing the usual stuff, checking my pulse, like uh, what is it? Your heart rate and asking me my height and then what's your weight? And I told them. I was like, uh, height, you know, 6'1", maybe 6'2", weight, 215. The lady starts to type everything, and then she's like, 215, are you sure? I'm like, yo, come on. Damn. Just put the number down. <laughs> like, if I got a fucking sinus infection, does my weight really matter? Did she insinuate
0: less or more? Because we UV, we, took it at the concert as insinuating that you weigh less.
1: I but she th- could have been like, you're a fat fuck, you're not 215. <laughs> I think that... That's probably how she meant it, too. I think she probably meant it as you don't look 215. So 215 is surprising. Mm, mm. But either way, it's past what we think. So, you know, I was like, we really got to be like, why are we repeating it? You're like 215 lady. You got
0: a hog on me. Relax. (laughs) I say 218. (laughs)
1: Like, I don't understand. (laughs) But that place had like a 2.1. And before you go into your appointment, there was a sign on the door that said, be nice to all employees, like no harsh language. And I'm like, what are people getting in fights here? Probably. That's nice. That's nice. sounds like a lovely place. Minute clinics are
0: very like. It's it's like the gas station of fucking (laughs) it's like the gas station of like the medical field, like it's like, you know, like a a gas station could be like a convenience store kind of supplement, but it's like the fucking gas station equivalent was a minute clinic. Sometimes you get a few minute clinics that are nice that are like a Walgreens level of convenience store. Hmm. but most of the time you're dealing with a fucking gas station 7-eleven you got some guy randomly bleeding in there and also the employees are
1: ready to fucking fight you yeah in general i think we would agree walgreens is better than cvs right yeah i mean or you think they're about the same i mean they're pretty similar
0: they're pretty similar to be fair though i don't feel like i operate with cvs i usually live around a walgreens i don't know if that says something about where i live hopefully it says a positive thing but i also did see a like a news th- like article about uh, cvs are closing over 900 stores so maybe they're not even doing that good mm. is cvs considered lesser quality than walgreens
1: i'm not sure but the way that i'm thinking about it now is if i was if I had a race car and I was sponsored by one of the two, I'd want to be sponsored by Walgreens. I also think CVS has a whack logo. There is no logo. Like the font. It's is, just CVS. Yeah. The font is just basic. too. at least Walgreens is like we write in cursive. That's true.
0: Walgreens will look better on the side of a car.
1: Yeah. So that's how I measure my medical stuff. So that should tell you, <laughs> you I'm 215. The <laughs> you want the Walgreens livery?
0: You want the Walgreens livery on your Civic?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Dude, uh, uh. the gate in my neighborhood right now isn't working. Like half of it opens and half of it doesn't. And I'm terrified because everyone around me knows the only damage to my car right now is a dent in the front because I hit a gate at my other neighborhood. So now Mm -hmm. every time I pull into this neighborhood, I'm like terrified. I'm going to fuck my shit up again. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. You don't want dents in your car. How's the AC in the car? The AC in the car is not very good. So the warmer it is, not good. Oh, but you know, positive news. My AC in my home was broken last week. That is fixed. So That's good. That is working nicely. We do <laughs> pump it very strong, right? I mean, I, we keep the AC here at 72 during the day, and as soon as sun is down, we're going to 68. And Ooh, it's staying wow, 68. consistent, nice. nice and cold. So the problem was, I guess, multiple things. The fan was broken. The condenser was broken. What was happening was the AC unit itself was freezing over. Mm-hmm. And so multiple pieces were broken, both in the in-unit and in the out-unit uh, machine.
0: What's you know, a I have a funny I didn't tell you in the moment because I was like, I don't want to like, you know, um uh, rain on your parade. But when you first uh texted the war, war chat that you're like, my AC's broken, and then I texted you obviously like, damn, like I hope it gets fixed or whatever. And I told Pam and I was like, damn, babe, Mark's AC in <sighs> his in his uh in his apartment's not working. And she's like, Damn, and isn't his AC in his car not working? <laughs> I was like, <laughs>
1: i'm sweating all the time and the thing that was annoying as hell with that i was sick last week so i was yeah, sick here with no ac in it. right i was yeah i was cranky as fuck last week they like didn't that's fix hilarious. the ac and then i would be like uh i'd be that guy that's like in in his slides in the main office with his toes out complaining
0: hell no nah. yeah you gotta be complaining what the fuck you gotta have ac especially here in florida i guess i mean it's today is actually a really nice day weather wise but mm. even then no AC now is fucking ridiculous it's hot as balls over here all the time yeah so it's okay it's
1: fixed now so we're all set it's fixed now i'm gonna channel justin spirit and put on these glasses real quick we're, beautiful we're ready to roll there, there we, we are ready to roll and so now i'm nice and comfortable we're all good i got a brand new desk in my game room and i fit my entire three-piece couch in here so much more open can have people over to play games watch movies enjoy that speaking about games obviously this is a playstation podcast because we can start getting into that now and talk about what we've been playing spider-man 2 released on friday fastest selling playstation game currently and i'm enjoying it or i loved it and now i'm kind of just cleaning up doing the trophy type stuff but I would rather hear a little bit more of what you're thinking, because I feel like for me, I don't want to talk about it too much because I feel like I'll have to be super, super careful. hmm. OK, so um, I'm a, obviously not done with it.
0: I'm a little more early on. I'm probably I think my clock left off at six hours in game. Um, I didn't get a percent. I still haven't gotten the percentage like PlayStation usually gives you a percentage. It only give me the hourly. Mm. So. I I would feel like I think I'm like a quarter way through based on what I'm hearing on how long the game is. Um but I I th- I think it's awesome. Like as soon as I started playing it, uh you just sort of like oh man, these so many first party games they always fucking hit and it's mm-hmm. like really I was like genuinely like excited to play it and like Pam was watching me play it and I was like being a gleeful idiot. It opens up fantastically, I think mm-hmm. it opens up very very strong. There's a lot of elements. uh, We were were like also talking about the concert as well, like a lot of naughty dog elements Mm -hmm. Um, in the good way. I don't think like in a bad way, sometimes that can be taken as a negative within the first party. I know people who have like an issue with God of War kind of adopting a naughty dog, like, you know, sad dad simulator. I don't think it has that aspect of it. It has like some, some interesting different parts of like naughty dog that um, are cool to pick from. and, And I think it, it meshes it with the Insomniac flavor in a good way. And it does feel like the most elevated, most sophisticated uh, Insomniac game. Like this is like a mm-hmm. it's a big step up, I think, overall, obviously in presentation. But then you add on like the gameplay they built on from the first game, which had already played great. But then now they made a few more quirks. You're able to parry and made the gadgets actually usable, not Mm -hmm. usable, but more like intuitive into the gameplay. And like you actually do use them as opposed to like the first Spider-Man. I think maybe I bear Like there's maybe like one or two gadgets that I always had ready to use. But besides that, I really didn't use many of the gadgets, some of the cool new stealth elements, like a new mechanics they added there. I enjoy a lot. So I think overall it's a clear step up. Mm -hmm. It's not like the miles Morales, like 1.5, which I was a little concerned. We're going to get something like that where it's like, like a half step as opposed to a full step. And I think it is a full, full step.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. If you want to know how far you are, by the way, and this is not a spoiler, you can or you can choose not to do this. This is kind of just like for people who would like to check that. When you go into your map or your like HUD, you there is a tab for missions and you can see how many out of how many main missions there are. So I won't spoil how many there
0: are, right? Because
1: I feel like if I said that, then that could be a spoiler. So only for those who want to check, if you would like to check how far you are in the main story, there is a tab for main missions where you can see it'll say number out of number. So you can know like where you are. And for anyone who's curious for me, I think I told Joel I completed the game at 13 hours. I think that's wrong. I think I completed the game at 17 hours. I okay. think that I finished the game, and then when I texted you that, which was at like four fifteen a.m., I stayed up like all night playing it. It was it didn't register yet. Exactly. I think the percentage, mm-hmm. like the little flag, said 100%, but the time wasn't there. And then the next time that I went to play the game, of course, the percent still said 100, but now it's at 17 hours. So I feel like that's probably more accurate. I started playing it on Friday pretty much as soon as it came out, and then... I was playing that. I think the other thing I should mention too is I just finished Miles Morales this past week leading up to this. So kind of like worked out time-wise for me to finish that and then just go straight into this. And so having that to look and contrast from, I think the combat is fantastic in Spider-Man 2. Adding on to what Joel was saying with the gadgets, I think they're much more present so, you're almost even aware of them because in the first one, I didn't really even remember to use them. And in this one, you have dials of abilities and gadgets that can be refreshed and reused in different ways. And so that makes it really fun because I really like stuff like that, that you have abilities that are like on timer, on cooldowns, because then I'll just. I think when I started playing it, I would just use them whenever they would refresh. But then later in the game, as it got more difficult, I would use them strategically, which is something I want to say too. I love that it's not incredibly easy. I'm playing it on, or I played it on amazing, so that would be your standard normal difficulty. I'm not- I was
0: thinking the same thing. I thought I was actually bad at the. I was like, damn, am I like asset games? I was like, this is kind of like I died a few times where I was like, mm. usually in your mind, you're like, I can autopilot this, So I was like, oh shit, I'm kind
1: of getting fucked up a little bit. Yeah, they're definitely. And I, I mean, I think this is this sh- should be pretty much standard fare for every game. As you get further into the game, it gets more difficult. But I did notice myself actually being like, OK, like I actually have to think a little bit here what's going mm-hmm. on. And so I think that combat is much improved. I really enjoy some difficulty spikes. I think they are used in the correct places if that makes sense. So I thought the places that it felt the most difficult, I enjoyed because it made sense for them to be difficult. It didn't feel unfair. It just felt like it added to what was happening in the story, right? Because I feel like sometimes in games, if it's building towards XYZ and then you get there and it's too easy, it's kind of like, I don't know, it kind of feels like uh, it's a letdown. So I enjoyed Mm -hmm. that when we're hitting certain story beats that it is kind of difficult. So I really enjoyed that. I think the game is really pretty. I didn't mess with any of the visual settings, so I actually don't know what performance mode I played on. I I guess to some degree, that kind of speaks on how much I enjoyed it. I kind of just hit start the game and then I didn't really look at any options. Thought it was pretty fantastic. I really, something that I really love is that whatever suits you decide to wear is what shows up in cutscenes, And I love that because there were certain suits that I just really enjoyed, it. and I was like, I want to ex- experience this game with them wearing this suit and this suit, not whatever the game's standard suit is. Did you did you fuck around with those deluxe suits, or was it like another suit that you unlock?
0: I mostly, the deluxe suits, I think were like too much. That would take me. Mm-hmm. So sorry, you go, and then I'll explain how I use my suits.
1: So the way that I use my suits, and again, don't worry for spoilers here. I'm not gonna be spoiling anything. I think for suits, I did, I left. When there were certain suits in the game that made sense to just keep, I left those on. But if somebody was just using like a random whatever suit, like for example, like the standard, just like Spider Man suit, I would probably change out of that. But if there was something Mm -hmm. happening in the story that was like, oh, this is the new suit for this, whatever, then I'm going to keep it. But I, for Miles, I used one of the suits you would unlock, but not one of the extra DLC suits. Okay. Yeah. And so that's how that's how I kept it throughout the game and I didn't do any that were too jarring. Like the Miles Morales suit I have is that I was using it was in Miles Morales. It was one of the darker suits with kind of like it's black and gold and then there's like electricity pulses that move throughout the suit as you're wearing it. Ooh, and I just thought it cool. looked really really good. So I was like that's the one that I want to keep on. And I also enjoyed the addition of being able to slightly color palettes. yeah slightly customizing the suits i just thought it was good I, there's a there's really like a ton of things that are very good about the game there are a ton of
0: things that, the one thing to critique about the suits i don't like that they're not tied to collectibles mm. i like that about the first one because it like well, made you like some are what half are yeah. Well, some are tied to, like, doing missions, I think, right? Yeah, I or think... some are tied to collectibles.
1: I think it's I think about... are tied to missions. I think it's about half of them are tied to just currencies that you get from completing things, similar mm-hmm. to the earlier games. So, like, you know, tech parts and hero tokens, that kind of thing. And then I think the other half of them are, like you just said, when you complete certain activities around the world. So, complete all mm. of X activity, you get this suit. And then I think there are some that are like, collect all of this collectible, then you get this suit.
0: Okay. well, then maybe I misspoke, but I remember the first one having those specific like the backpacks and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like that. I feel like that was like a little bit missing, but I do love the suits. And the way that I use the suits is I would use kind of like a crazy suit. Like, you know, the more, like, eccentric ones when I'm doing ever side quests, mm. if I'm the, which I'm like, if I'm doing any of the side quests or, like, side activities and stuff like that, I'm going to use a wild one. And then if I was going to go into a cut scene, I would just make sure I use, like, a story appropriate suit. Or I always love just a classic Spider-Man suit, classic Miles suit. I yeah. also use those for stories as well, because I just love, like, just the classic red, blue and Miles's classic suit. I think just look just looks stunning. You know, I just there's something about it. It's just. I was actually talking to Pam about Spider-Man and I was like, I think everybody like every, especially for like guys, like as you're as a boy, Spider-Man is like your childhood. And then as you become like a teenager and you get more angsty, you like lean towards more Batman. And I feel like playing this game is like unlocked, like, like, you know, that hidden like childhood, like, like wonder and like just Mm -hmm. the whole atmosphere of the game. It doesn't, I don't know about you, you played it more, so it may get more heavy, but it's like, it's not heavy. There's stakes, but it's not like heavy
1: yeah i like that i would agree that it yeah i would agree that it's not too heavy i think that in general yeah batman and and spider-man are just the two that always stick out in my mind i'm sure that it helps that they both have the best superhero games and movies and movies so i'm saying that like i'm sure it just it just helps in that regard too but mm-hmm. it, it, it is it is really good i also think another thing i want to mention is i think the audio is really fantastic like the score that plays during different cutscenes and just in general the music is really good
0: yeah i agree even like swinging around like just the random stuff that cues in Mm -hmm. it's you know it's a really fantastic game honestly i'm jones and to have once we're done i'm gonna get into it tomorrow i also have the day off from work so i'm gonna go full full sun into it and hopefully get close to beating it i do love doing the side things it's and it's a it's a really good length it doesn't make you feel like you're like overcome, then you're not going to be able to complete all of it. It's like feels very manageable. It's not a game that's asking 100 hours out of your life, even just for the platinum. It doesn't seem like it's going to be demanding Mm -hmm. that much. It's just like spend time with it, unlock everything and then just leave.
1: And yeah, I agree. And if anyone's curious for even like the way I played it or percentage complete, when I say that I went through it to make sure I didn't get it spoiled, I don't want people to think that I just like only did main missions and like fast traveled everywhere that's not what i did the way that i played it was i would do main missions and then i would look at where the next one is and then on the way to that mission any activity at all that was like on my way to the mission i would complete so by the time mm-hmm. that i finished the game my overall map percentage was 70 percent.
0: okay that's kind of how i've been playing it too mm-hmm. where it's like i don't want to get fully distracted i would do want like the story is interesting like i want it like it's like I want to play the main story, mm-hmm. but I also want to do the side things because it's just like also New York itself is just got to fucking love it the way it feels like it just each of the boroughs feels so different. Like when you're in Manhattan, you appreciate the, skyscrapers for swinging and then when you're like in brooklyn and queens it's a lot more residential building so Mm -hmm. just even the way you traverse through them are really different
1: and also one thing we haven't even mentioned uh the web wings what do you think about those I, i mean i love them i think they're essential for what you were saying those areas that don't have as many tall buildings you really notice it i think it was something that towards the beginning of the game i don't know if i would say i struggled with it but areas that didn't have a lot of things to swing on i would notice a difference and then i learned how to correctly maneuver in different ways i guess i won't even say because they're not story things but even if they're minor like abilities or spoilers there are things that you can upgrade and nice upgrade trees for different traversal options and so mastering those new traversal options that they give you just made it really fun So at the point where now when i'm playing the game i can zip everywhere like incredibly fast nice
0: nice and also for the for the skill points, I wondered how you're doing this. So the skill trees, there's a there's the there's two skill. There's three skill trees. There's one that ties both to Miles and uh, Peter, mm-hmm. just like, you know, generic Spider-Man abilities and there's specific skill trees for both Miles and Peter. How are you tackling that? Because I'm having an issue where it's like I don't I don't want to like dive too deep in one and, and ignore the other. Basically, the way I do it is like. I always try to go for the skills that I want to complete the skill tree that's both of them because I feel like that's the most beneficial. And then whichever character I'm playing as, if I have like spare, because I usually let like two or three, like build up. I'm not like hunching to get like new abilities because I'm like a Spider-Man. I'm like, I'm already powered up. Like, I don't feel like I'm going to add much. And then if I have like an extra one, I'll I'll throw one into whoever I'm playing as at the moment.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, well, you know, I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but the way that I do skill trees in general is... Probably the most psychopath or like carefree way. I don't uh do anything unless I die. So no matter how many skill points I had, I wouldn't touch it until I died. And then once I would die. So for example, let's say I have like nine skill points banked. I wouldn't even care. Mm-hmm. And even when it would give me the reminders, I'm like, Oh, cool. That's nice. And I just keep playing the game. And then if I died, then I would upgrade nine things and then I would without question slaughter the fight because I just upgraded so much. <laughs> so Yeah. That's how I was playing it. The way that I would do it, though, is let's say I'm starting from a blank skill tree. The first time I would decide to go in and spend some skill points, I would put all of them in the main tree. And then the next time I would do the tree. Exactly. And then the next time I would be like, okay, I did that on the other time. Let me focus now all of these points on Miles. Then the next time, all of these points on Peter. So it ended up being pretty evenly spread out but I would only really do it when I was dying or having difficult, <laughs> like difficulty. So for example, too, let's say that I'm playing as one or the other. We can just say Peter. And if I'm dying as Peter, I mean, I'm not going to waste points on Miles' tree. I'm going to put points yeah. in Peter's. But that's how I did it, too, because I didn't want to. You're going to put it in Peter? Well, I mean, of course. But similar to what you were saying, <laughs> similar to what you were saying, I didn't want that's to. Crazy. I wouldn't want to use skill points for... A character, and then what if I have a really difficult point with somebody else? because mm-hmm. I don't think you can reset the the skill points, not that the game is like so difficult that that's really going to happen anyway. Also something that just talking about Peter and like I mean making a stupid joke, I really at for a second, when I was starting the game, I was like, oh yeah, I forget sometimes that they changed the original face, but this face it took me a
0: second to realize it too but, I was like what's what's wrong with him?
1: This face does look better, though. I think that I it looked a little bit odd because it wasn't what I remembered. And then Liz watched me pretty much play most of Spider-Man 2, and she was caught up. I told her about like what happened in the first one and Miles, so we were both kind of experiencing it. And I pulled up a picture of what the original face had looked like, and we both looked at it together. And I was like, you know, with them side by side, the new one definitely does look better. It's just hard to, in your brain... Be like, I played this whole game one way, and then this isn't the same character.
0: And I think they in the PS5 remaster, he's the new Peter. Yep, he too. is. But I think I I don't know why you, I don't know why you agreed that the new one looks better, but I think the original Peter is just too hot.
1: The it's original hot one.
0: To, yeah. Mm. I think he's like too good looking, kind of almost like the Andrew Garfield's, where it's like he's like too cool, too hot to be Peter Parker. Whereas like the new face is like more like softer kind of like you know more of like yeah you know, he's a good looking kid he's not like hideous but mm-hmm. he's more like a nerdier like it, it feels more relatable
1: yeah that's fair i think when i looked at them i just thought oh okay yeah, i do see how the original face looks more of like just generated for a character and the new one i could tell is more realistic in like facial expressions and stuff i'm sure the tech is gonna help with that too because this is the next gen only spider-man so it's going to have that those fancy bells and whistles on it. But I'm really loving it. Yeah,
0: the original Peter Parker in PS4 looks like fucking James Franco. hmm
1: <laughs> But it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a fantastic game. Would easily recommend it. I think that at some point, it would be obviously me and you behind the scenes off the air are going to talk about it in full detail. I'm sure it would be interesting to even maybe do something separate going through it, but... All positives on spoiler-free fronts. Anything that I'd be like, oh, to discuss or critique, those would get into more gritty details, so I wouldn't want to say anything about those.
0: Yeah, definitely. You don't want to want to spoil it out there. We're not going to be like IGN out here spoiling it for you, but we will definitely recommend it. I think it's a great game. Mm. I'm interested to complete it and see where it ranks up in the Goaty conversation. I wonder where where it's going to end up.
1: For we'll, the year, we'll
0: stay tuned for that. Yeah, for
1: the year, game mm. of the year, goatee Yeah, interesting.
0: I'm not saying I'm not saying it is or not, or if it's in that conversation or not. But I'm just saying I'm interested to finish it. I feel like the last two contenders, series contenders, I have are this and Alan Wake too. So I'm interested to see how all that kind of shakes
1: up. Yeah, I agree because it's what were the? I mean, the other ones are going to be like what? Baldur's, Baldur's Gate, Gate, Tears of the Kingdom. Which, Tears of the Kingdom, Um, is not it. Starfield for some people. Starfield for some people. That's true.
0: Starfield. And then, um, I mean, Final Fantasy 16 technically can be thrown in there. Mm.
1: And then maybe one of the remakes this year. I saw somewhere somebody was talking about, and this is just like some random comment section, somebody was talking about Game of the Year contenders, and somebody said BG3, which of course is Baldur's Gate 3. And somebody said SM2. What is SM2? Do you know what that is? SM2. Yeah, I don't know if maybe I just was like, I don't know. What's the sequel that came out today or this year? That's why I'm like off the top of my head. I'm like, I don't know what SM2 is. I'm sure there's somebody shouting at their screen. That's like, this is super obvious, but I'm like, oh, I mean, Spider-Man, but I would never. Oh, Spider-Man. But I would never think of somebody to say SM2. (laughs) And the reason we just talked about that game for 30 minutes. But hold on. (laughs) You know why the comment struck me differently? It was before SM2 came out. So, A, I would never uh, hear anybody because, like, I've never seen somebody type Spider Man as SM or Spider Man. Yeah, what are you going to say? SMMM? Like, no, no one's doing that. So, I mean, I guess I got to admit to my wrongs, right? If that's what the, it is, then that's what it is. But, you know, we don't actually know for sure. This person never elaborated. So, yeah, that's a, I don't agree. SM2,
0: I don't like. We're not abbreviating Spider Man as that. Just write fucking Spider-Man out. Be
1: an adult. I think that possible game of the year contender. contender. I would like to play, which I guess this is just whenever you have free time or availability. I do kind of want to try Starfield. Probably especially soon here. I think like November, December, are, there's going to be some windows that will definitely open up. So I would like to try that. And then Baldur's Gate, I've been playing more multiplayer. Mm-hmm um and that's been very fun co-op so i'm really enjoying that but i have to get further to get a more full-fledged idea of it
0: yeah and i'll definitely let you i'll let you borrow the
1: series s i'll let you borrow the little guy appreciate it and then in terms of what we're playing those are the things that are getting sprinkled in and out there i've been playing a little bit of monster hunter rise that's been fun the other rise. probably the only other one i actually want to talk about though just just beautiful for me very big fan of the series and so nice that they just came out of nowhere on the 23rd which is yesterday of october hotline miami one and two came out on playstation 5 and on xbox series they're just new ports updated it's a free ps5 upgrade if you own the games and so for me the reason why i'm excited is those are games i platinum that i love so now i just have a new trophy list to play so i started hotline miami again one last night i played two levels and i mean those games are fucking sublime like i just the two mm-hmm. levels i was like oh and of course it's been some time because the first one i it released earlier than this but i played it in 2015 it was the first game i got on my playstation 4 because when you got a playstation 4 during its first year it came with a 10 dollar psn code and so i just mm-hmm. used that went to the digital store and got that because again remember the start of ps4 your library is kind of empty now our libraries are huge because it's crossing over from ps4 to ps5 and so that was the first game i played very fond memories of that on the ps4 and just really love that so now i'm going back to it soundtrack is just like insanely good i love the fast-paced gameplay and then something i messaged joel with is this is separate but Similar to that, like fast paced, difficult games. Ghost Runner 2 is getting really, really good reviews. And I was. I saw that. I watched a couple of reviews, and that looks really good. So that's just a positive thing in general. Now, before we get into the news, too, I know that you didn't write it here, but I know that you finished Alan Wake recently. Do you have anything you want to say about it? Oh, shit. Yeah.
0: I guess it has been two weeks since I. I always forget that. So I always forget, it, like, the week before. Yes, I did beat Alan Wake officially. Um, I really enjoyed it. I think that this is a great. I'm like very excited. It's a really cool series. Um, becoming a Remedy fan like later on in their career, which is weird because they were more prominent during the Max Payne era. And I'd never played any of those games. But now this after playing, you know, Control obviously was the first Remedy game I actually finished to completion. And then now I got Alan Wake too, or Alan Wake. They are uh, Alan Wake T.O.O. Mm-hmm. as well but um i I really enjoyed it i think they're really cool really surreal i love that sam lake is an actual character or like a side character in the thing and how he plays on it in the game and the mix of live action it's uh it's a story that you know i can somewhat relate to i think anybody who's been a writer or considers themselves a writer or you know as an english major having to write a lot the whole writer's block and the story concept and i think it's a very it's it's a good game because I mean it's a great game because I think it, on a surface level doing going from part A to part B and finishing it is really fun. I think the combat's actually really cool. I like the whole taking the light off or the darkness off the enemies, then finishing them off. But then you can dive deeper on what the story actually means, and I think that that's where like it's really fun is like those discussions and dissecting it. It's it's very interesting. I'm interested to see what they do at Alan Wake Two. Because, you know, I wonder what they're going to do to add on to the original. I do feel like the second game is going to be more of a new start, though, because I mean, the distance between the games are what, 13 years, I think, at this point. So maybe it might not tie as deeply into the first one. I hope it does, though, because I am. I really did enjoy the first one.
1: Mm, Yeah. And so let me go ahead and give you a little sales pitch here. Now, you enjoyed Alan Wake. Alan Wake was heavily inspired by a little thing called Twin Peaks.
0: I've heard of that, heard of that. I've... I heard there's a lot of direct things that are actually tied to Twin Peaks in this and Alan Wake.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, like it, I Alan Wake one definitely is like super heavily inspired. Now, they're, I mean, there's mm-hmm. they're separate enough that if you watch Twin Peaks, you're not actually going to be like, oh, my God, it's this for this. It's just a lot of atmosphere and a lot of surreal, abstract things like you're saying for anyone who doesn't know. I'm just uh shelling out for Twin Peaks because it's my favorite thing ever. I would like, you know, it's just the best. But I really like that they wear that on their sleeve. And I think Alan Wake 1 was fantastic. I played it maybe two years ago. I think 2021 was when it came out in fall. And so I enjoyed it then. And I'm really excited for Alan Wake 2. I think that, uh like you were saying, that I think the timing also works out nicely for Spider-Man and this where Spider-Man is the perfect length where you can probably platinum it comfortably and then hop straight into Alan Wake 2. hmm but yeah all
0: right but what was your sales pitch on on twin peaks my
1: sales pitch was just that you liked alan wake so watch twin peaks (laughs) that was my that was just my like hey you know because i know that you already know about twin peaks but i'm like yeah let me just throw it back in the in the in the conversation yeah throw it back on your boy i got to because you're gonna act like you know (laughs) they are you know it's it's probably good probably
0: I mean, yeah, it probably is good. I can't say for 100% Twin Peaks is good. I'm just saying like, yeah, probably it is good. But I am definitely more interested after playing Alan Wake. It's also a good time, time of the year to watch something like Twin Peaks. I know it's mm. not like overtly scary, but it's, you know. No, it's spooky. It's in the spooky. It's spooky enough. I, yeah, I would confidently is it a, say it's spooky.
1: Is it available like easily? I have the whole collection if you needed it. I think. I no, I don't know if it is easily available. The reason why I don't know that is because I'm proudly not subscribed to Netflix and I don't have HBO Max. I don't really have many of them. I get them now for when there's something specific I want to watch. But since they're all like raising their prices constantly, I'm just like, I'm good.
0: OK, I can check. I have a few subscription services. So I can see whichever one whoever mm. has it and if not then i'll just like borrow the disc from you because i i, I would be into that i haven't i don't have a show yet mm-hmm. or we don't have we haven't found like our second show we've been kind of like on a like on a lull since you know game of thrones this summer so me and pam need a good show to watch and i think she can get into that
1: yeah definitely so yeah that could be a good time i think with halloween coming around too it's spooky stuff i want to see if there's something fun to watch i want to see the new evil dead movie so maybe i'll watch that
0: nice nice The well i know you don't have netflix anymore but apparently the house of usher or whatever mm. it's like based on Edgar Allen Post poe's story it's really good apparently
1: yeah i did hear about that i was gonna say one more question before we get into the news and i go we're, we're gonna go as long as we need to just because you know I'm, I'm having a good time so hopefully everyone's having a good time <laughs> but the new martin scorsese movie killers of the flower moon do you have any interest in that yeah i want to see it mm. i love i i love my boy scorsese all right
0: it's, I know he gets a lot of flack. He does. But I, I think he makes he makes he makes good things, especially with Leo. Leo carries for him, but he does, he makes good things. He gets flack from me, but I know what you're saying. Hey, I know you 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 hate him for some reason. I don't you hate, hate this him. poor little old Italian man. Okay. He's just trying to make art. He's trying to make cinema and you're out here fucking not enjoying it. He wants to make a 4-hour movie where Robert De Niro walks around
1: well, in his fucked up hips. I'm sure that he's not poor. A and then... He's probably not, yeah, you're right. He's probably not poor. I mean, yeah, old little man, sure. I don't think that Scorsese's bad. I just think he's a little bit past his prime, which obviously he's old, but I'm not saying that's necessarily an he's age He's
0: 97,000 years old, all right? Of course he's past his Listen, prime. Listen,
1: what I'm specifically saying is I think that his style of using specific figures and making biopics around them had started to rear its head of kind of running out of ideas specifically with the Irishman, right? I haven't seen this one. But I thought that when we were starting to get to like that era, I was like, these are okay. They're is this fine. a biopic? The new I'm one. I'm pretty sure this is based on a true story. It's not a biopic in the same sense that those other ones are, but I'm pretty sure this is also like based on a true story, which is okay. So I agree. So I so here's the thing. I. I think
0: in Scorsese, he's top 10, right? Top 10 directors all time. We'd you have to put him up there. We'd
1: have to pull out a big list. I don't think I can confidently easily just say like, yeah, but he top 15, easy, top 15, easy,
0: possible top 10. So he's a, he's an all time. Great. He is an all time.
1: Great. No question.
0: His main, his best skill is not his own ideas. We can all agree to that. I think any, even the biggest Scorsese fan, his best work, he needs the story. Played out for him, but I think he does a great job of bringing those stories to life. Goodfellas, fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. Wolf of Wall Street, fucking fantastic. Irishman, it was interesting. It's interesting if you care about the subject matter, but it's not the most entertaining because it does have low points. But if somebody who's like interested in like the like the mafia shit can get me, I thought it was I thought it was good. I didn't think it was fantastic, but those two other ones I mentioned, fucking fantastic.
1: I also want to say when I say top fifteen that's because in my mind when i think of directors i immediately think both domestic and foreign if you're just saying Mm -hmm. domestic u.s directors easy top 10 no question but you throw foreign directors in there too i don't know if you yeah
0: no you gotta yeah you gotta throw in the world yeah you gotta throw in the nolans in there you gotta throw in the fucking i would say is u.s he's british He's he's not fucking
1: U.S. But I think... He's across the pond. Here's my thing. He is not a United States citizen. That's not what I... I don't think that I necessarily mean where they're born or citizenship. I don't think when you think of a Christian... You
0: mean English movies well, and, Ameri- and non-English
1: movies. Well, even just straight up when you think of a Nolan movie, I don't think anyone would consider it like foreign. They're all just like American movies. Like they all have American yeah, actors. I they're am. English. They're all like filmed I here. Am. So I think that's maybe the angle that I meant. It famous from...
0: american actor michael kane is in all of christopher nolan movies.
1: well i said domestic i didn't even say american that's true so maybe i so just you're saying not... the rest of the world's not domestic anymore? i think i'm just i think that you're just <laughs> trying to take a shot and i'm just trying to defend myself you know
0: yeah because i was trying to be like all right well then you could do like western movies versus eastern movies but then you would consider an italian film as foreign if it's like and that's part of the west if yeah so it's kind of well i get what no, you're no, no, saying no, no, no hold on
1: but yeah exactly but i'm not saying western and eastern movies i'm straight up saying america and then everyone else because like an italian movie if it's like actually italian actors italian director in italian then like yeah that's a foreign movie i think yeah i agree so yeah i think that's what i was saying and then i don't even know oh you know the thing i was to say is i was talking with somebody and i guess i'm putting them on blast if they listen to this shout out but i was like asking them if they're interested in seeing this and they said, like, oh, yeah, I like Brendan Fraser. I'm like, come on. That's not who brings in the... the what's, I'm like, come on. Who said that? This, That's a lie. What is this Brendan Fraser movement?
0: It's because people felt bad for him because he got fat and they made fun of him for making shitty mummy movies. And just because you whoa, feel whoa, whoa, bad whoa. about doing that... The mummy movies are not what? shitty. Don't they get progressively shitty? I thought the first one is good and then the rest of them are I think
1: the fourth one gets shit on cuz Tom Cruise is in it. Nobody remembers that one cuz it was so bad, but the first 3 like the ones with Brandon Fraser, those are good.
0: Brandon Fraser's not he's not even fucking top 50 actors, all right? If he's not he's mm. not a, he's not a nut, he's not a great actor. If we're going
1: to use the Harrison Ford medium for an actor, I think he's below it. I think this again is a whole conversation cuz I know I'm already <laughs> stretching it out. But the Harrison Ford thing, I don't know if we've brought that up here on the show before. He is what we use for the average DC actor. And then everyone else gets graded above or below Harrison Ford. That's definitely worth diving into someday.
0: But I think I think
1: Brandon Frazier is
0: at Harrison Ford. I think he's below because Harrison Ford has bigger movies. I think he's below. He's like C minus. So yeah, he's not bringing bringing anybody to to the fucking theaters. Anyway. So that's a weird statement to say. No
1: disrespect to Brendan Fraser, even though it might sound like it. This isn't us saying he's not a good actor. This is just us saying that he is not overtaking Leo being in the main role of something currently. Yeah,
0: definitely. Now, this is us just saying that the whale was based on his
1: life. That's what we were saying. All right. Well, that's what you're (laughs) saying. I haven't seen the whale. So I'm sure that it's a good movie now. Let's, it is a good movie it, unless there's anything else you would like to say because we can talk for as long as we want to i'm ready to get in the news unless there is anything you want to say
0: It's uh i just want to say brendan Fraser, don't take it hard don't you know don't take it so personally but you're not you're not that you're not that guy
1: and we can move right on. now we don't have to say period because i think that he used to be more that guy and i think that it wasn't his fault that he became not that guy i think that was out of his control i think that's like pretty well documented i don't know i don't i don't know his history wasn't he tied to superman um i think that he like auditioned for it and stuff like that but i think that and again i guess right i don't want to break this down like fully without hard facts (laughs) but i think that his departure or kind of leave from hollywood for a period of time was not his like choice i think he was done dirty i feel like there were things behind the scenes that he was done dirty i don't actually think it was like he wasn't given things based on his talent because i think that he is talented
0: i agree i think that that's why like there's like the whole renaissance now of like let's be nice to him because we fucking made him depressed as fuck in his 30s
1: which is why i'm like he is talented i like brendan Fraser, but i'm also not going to be like he's bringing more seats in than like leo or robert de niro like starring in the movie i would love
0: yeah I would love to have him on because he didn't do anything for 20 years. So he definitely played games. So we should definitely have him on the podcast, see what his game opinions are. Yeah,
1: maybe he does. So you're saying that everyone who plays games doesn't do anything. <laughs> so I mean, like, I don't know how, how much do you want to alienate the audience within the first like half. I'm not saying I'm not saying not the audience and not
0: us. We're doing things. All right. We're here. We're having fun. But Brendan <laughs> Fraser was making movies one day and now he's just fucking playing PlayStation two in his room. they drinking fucking Jack Daniels at three thirty in the morning.
1: All right. Well, now we're ready. <laughs> now we're ready. First news item on the docket. PlayStation 5 cloud streaming is going to launch this month. This feature will be available to PlayStation Plus Premium members. This is going to be staggered for launch, so it is already launched in Japan as of October 17th. It will be in or is in Europe as of yesterday, and it'll be coming to North America on October 30th. Now, what this means is select PS5 games will be available for streaming, similar to how you can stream some PS4 and PS3 titles through the PlayStation Now or Now PlayStation Plus services. And so supported titles will include game catalog offerings like Spider-Man Miles Morales, Horizon Forbidden West, Ghost of Tsushima, MK11, just as some. And then it is worth mentioning that some expansions and DLC in-game will also be able to be streamed. Streaming resolution options will, be, will include 4K, 1440p, 1080p, and 720 with 60fps SDR and HDR output options, as well as for PS5 audio capabilities including 5.1 and 7.1, as well as Tempest 3D audio tech. Players will be able to capture screenshots and record up to three minutes of video, will be reco- which will be downloaded into your media gallery. So I think this is basically just going to assist with maybe if you don't have expansions for your storage or if you this is the first thing i thought of it for to be honest if you're somebody who really enjoys playstation stars but maybe you want to complete a campaign but you don't actually have any interest in playing the game you can just start it via stream get your yeah that's
0: honestly what i was thinking of it saves time at that
1: yeah so that's something you could do i mean unfortunately that also means that the way that i'm saying that and i know that other people relate to this just as Joel did is that that means that some of the playstation stars campaigns are kind of just like chores i think a lot of them are fun but some of them definitely come off as just like a hey play this game for no real reason so it'll be cool for that i'm sure ultimately this is a positive thing this is just another perk you're getting so it doesn't really take anything away i think yeah i mean i think this is cool what do you think about it i mean we're both subscribed to the premium tier so this is something that will be available to us
0: I am interested in to see how the fidelity is um because obviously we we all know as PlayStation fans here the PS3 streaming is not the best mm-hmm. but I think it's because the way the technology is implemented where it's like you're streaming a, an actual PlayStation 3 since these are you know more advanced games PS5 I would hope that it's a little bit more stream like more uh, seamless and the fidelity is there like, honestly, if it was like at 720, but ran fucking smooth, I would take that for streaming because, I you know, if you really love a game, you're going to download it, to be honest, because you want the best performance. You want to, you don't want to have to deal with the hassle. In case your internet goes out, you still want to be able to play it. But I think streaming is a good way to like test out the first hour or two, especially if you have limited storage. If you haven't updated your or upgraded your like SSD and you're only rocking like the 600 gigs they give you. I think it's a great way to test a game and make sure it's worth your space on your console, especially now, you know, newer games are getting up there. Like I feel like the average new game is in anywhere from like 80 to 120 gigs. So I think it's overall positive adding more features to the service, especially after raising the price You kind of do have to justify it. So Mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not completely mad at it. It's definitely not going to be my main way of playing a game, but I think I can see like maybe indie games like a turn based game could work out in this facet.
1: I'm sure that this is a very good... I'm sure that this is good timing with PlayStation Portal as well. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that this is something that you want to get streaming to be able to work, which, you know, naturally you're going to be streaming from your PS5 anyway, so I wonder how the double layering will be of streaming your Portal from your PS5, from your PS5 streaming a game. I'm sure that the stability, like, it'll (laughs) it'll have to be up to par, but we're going to see. Um, exactly how good it is but then with them raising the prices too this is also after they added the sony core app to your tier your premium tier so you can watch up to 100 movies from their library which we discussed yeah. in our last episode if you want to check the breakdown yeah, you,
0: out, you can watch great sony picture films like the mummy
1: i don't is that a star? is that a joke or is that actually on there it's not on there but it is a,
0: i think it's a sony film
1: I think that
0: you are. No, it's universal. Yeah. It's universal. Because remember, they try to do the Mon. That's when the Tom Cruise mummy was a part of like the monster verse they were trying to create well, with
1: like fucking Frankenstein and all that shit. I think there's also something else that, as somebody who lives in Central Florida, should be very apparent the, to you. The fucking mummy, the roller, mummy coaster. roller coaster.
0: Yeah, you're right. My bad. My bad.
1: <laughs> no, you're good. My bad, guys. <laughs> you're good. I mean, it, that ride's awesome. We love that ride. But it is. The, yeah. Best ride at Universal. So. We'll see with the cloud streaming. That's cool. That'll launch later this month and it'll just already be included for anyone who is subscribed to that tier. Now, moving right on to the next thing, Dead Island 2 is getting its first story expansion, which is going to launch in November, specifically November 2nd, 2023. The first expansion is going to be called House, H-A-U-S. And then the second expansion, Sola Festival, will be following next year. So this one is... These are both included in the twenty nine ninety nine expansion pass. House takes players on a completely new story where a secret billionaire's techno-death cult fights for survival amidst the apocalypse. So it's basically like in a giant billionaire's house that's very high-tech, and this will add new weapons, new skill cards. And the reason why I'm bringing this up and honestly like selling my ass for it is because I thought Dead Island 2 was great. It's something that I played mm-hmm. and finished earlier this year, and I'm still on my way towards the Platinum. I'm slowly chipping away at it and expansions that come out while i'm hitting a platinum for a game are perfect because i get to chip away at other secondary things i need while still just playing like main story stuff and having a good time if that makes sense so leveling up any characters i need or doing any like side miscellaneous challenges i'm really interested in this i know that you haven't finished dead island 2 but do you have any interest in these expansions or do you have any interest in returning to dead island i have interest in returning if it
0: if, it, if i play it and i enjoy it and the expansions you know if it goes on sale maybe maybe not the full mm-hmm. 30 for the expansions also got to wait to see how they're received but like because you know i know dying light was got had like a really good expansions and people love that dlc so just depending really how involved it is but i, I would be interested in going back to dead island too i don't know maybe you know so if the expansions are on sale i'm in the midst of like you're saying run, trying to get the platinum be like yeah why not add on some more content while I'm already here? Mm-hmm. But, you know, I hope I hope it's good. But, you know, expansions are kind of, you know, they're, they're hit or miss.
1: And I don't necessarily view Dead Island as a game that needs expansions. I agree that I don't view it as one that needs them. And I remember that I could be mistaken on this, but I remember the expansion item coming up on the store. I think it was the day of or the day before the game came out. And I remember thinking, I remember being worried just because this was coming, this is not that far off of, well, I guess a couple months after, but from Callisto Protocol, where that game ended in a way that I was like, I know for sure that this DLC is just going to be the rest of the game, which was actually the case. Dead Island 2, as of finishing it, that is not the case. The game does end in a, like, a satisfying way, or a satisfying enough way. You're probably not going into Dead Island 2 looking for like an earth-shattering story, but I think it was good did what it needed to do and so these are clearly two very distinct just like separate expansions not necessary for main story completion and i which that is nice which yeah i think that's what's necessary and they're within the year i think for me things start to get dicey when you have expansions start to come out after like a calendar year because then it's so Mm -hmm. far removed from the game where dead island launched in april so I, i don't think it's like crazy far away
0: it's yeah, it's it's definitely respectable time in terms of like you were if somebody was a big fan of Dead Island 2, you know, that's like their game of the year mm. or some shit like that. They have more content to access and enjoy it. So I don't I don't think it's bad. I think within a calendar year, all expansions must be released. Yeah, I agree for it to be like make any sense.
1: And I think that's what they're going to do, because I would imagine the other one will probably be released before April of 2024. It doesn't have a date at the moment, but it just is early next year oh shit so i'm sure that will be fun i'm excited for that and then shifting right into the next thing i know your favorite franchise we're going to talk about here sonic you love sonic gotta go fast so (laughs) gotta run fast whatever the fuck he says so for (laughs) sonic there is a there was a leaked presentation like an internal powerpoint that leaked on reddit so of course take with a grain of salt but has been heavily making the rounds and reported on from credible sources that another new Sonic game is coming next year. The presentation, I'm happy about it, but the presentation breaks down <laughs> basically year by year. So it has a bullet pointed different things. So for 2023, it had a bullet pointed like Sonic Frontiers DLC. And then it said towards the holiday season, there will be Sonic Superstars. And then it highlights some other side things, right? Like some spin off shows that are going in the movies and whatnot. For 2024, Currently, the presentation has DLC listed for Sonic Superstars, but then also at the holiday season around the same time that Superstars released, it just says a new game. So unfortunately, it doesn't have like any more information to go on to think if it's a 3D one, a 2D one. But there is a slot for a new game of next year and there are multiple teams that work on Sonic. So for example, the team that made Sonic Superstars is a separate Sega development team than the team that made Sonic Frontiers. So they do have the capacity to do that.
0: Okay. Sonic Superstars was the new one that was released this year, right?
1: Yeah, that was the one that came out. I think it came out a few days ago.
0: Okay. Are you interested in that? Did that get reviewed well? Yeah, or? it
1: it did get reviewed really well. I think some of the different reviews I was seeing, IGN gave it like a pretty standard. I think they gave it an eight. But I think I was looking at VGC's review, and VGC's review was saying that it's like as close, it's as close to a Sonic Four as you could have gotten. So okay. it's. I was reading that like you know art style is pretty, and it sounds good, but it's a Sonic game in like a classic sense. So probably i mean i'm interested in it i'm always kind of interested in playing i felt sonic frontiers was a lot better than it needed to be i'm not saying that was like my mm-hmm. fucking game of the year i'm just saying it. i thought it was pretty good and yeah i'm interested in it i'm also still interested in picking up like the origins collection but sonic is one of those things that i don't ever feel like a rush to play them it's just nice when there are new ones to play that i haven't because i guess it's one of those things that i can't really downplay it's not like i intentionally went out of my way to be like this is my favorite thing but i think growing up my brothers with the sega genesis console we had had a bunch of them that just throughout the years i played almost all of them like at this point i've played one two three i've played sonic and knuckles i've played pinball i've played adventure one and two i've played mania which i really enjoyed i played unleashed on ps3 i played uh generations so it's like
0: at this you didn't say you didn't say the best one though sonic the hedgehog 2006 when
1: I, I i played a level and i was like this is without question garbage so i didn't finish it that's the only sonic game i actually beat which fully makes sense for like <laughs> just thinking everything is trash for sonic like I mean I don't I, I
0: played the other ones but that was the only one that was tolerable to be actually that's insane. It's the best Sonic game I think my favorite Sonic game is Sonic the
1: Hedgehog it's one of those things where it's like uh, how do you say like since you're completely caught up on it you're like well I might as well like I'm not going out of my way to yeah. play them but I'm like oh, I'm enjoying them as they come out so I'll probably play it so I just think it's cool to see right like leaked things get reported credibly and I mean it makes sense I could see it happening it's not that I think Part of what makes me excited about this is not even Sega or Sonic related. It's more so me just being like, there are games that need to be announced. Let's have showcases. Let's have like state of plays. Yeah, you know, we're supposed to be getting that
0: showcase, right? But Spider-Man came out. That's exactly it. Selling well. So Sony, come on. Come on. Set it up. Jim Ryan, I know you're about to leave leave with a bang
1: oh i saw um i'm sure it was always this way but i i remember very vividly when i was watching spider-man 2 credits seeing jim ryan's name on it oh wow it's probably one of the last games i'll get a credit on you think so i feel like he'll have like maybe 10 more credits i feel like on a lot of the live service games he'll be credited or do you think he'll be uh, at the point of release? That's who's who they'll credit. I think he's at credit. the point of release. Yeah. yeah.
0: Whoever's, at, whoever's the head then I think gets the credit. I don't think he get. Obviously, he'll get the... In his legacy. It'll be tied to his legacy, but I don't think he'll get like the actual credit. Maybe he might get a special thanks. Mm. Special thanks to Jim Ryan. Yeah,
1: special thanks. I could see that. I think... but Yeah, since he wouldn't technically be at Sony, I don't think he'll get a credit. Yeah, that's fair. I think that makes sense. All right, so sticking with some DLC, but also switching games, Alan Wake 2 will be getting free DLC, which is said to be significant. This is coming by way of Sam Lake during a kind of like preview interview for Alan Wake 2. Now, Remedy has previously said that there will be two paid expansions for Alan Wake, but over the course of its, you know, life cycle afterwards, it will have DLC drops that are going to be free and pretty significant and they will be available for free for everyone who owns the game i'm really excited about alan wake 2 we already talked about it a little bit beforehand uh, remedy did decide to hold the game back 10 days in october to push it later that way it'd get out of the way of spider-man 2 and super mario brothers wonder which i think was a very smart decision and i also saw something about how if the alan if the original alan wake was inspired by twin peaks then alan wake 2 version of the pacific northwest definitely leans more towards true detective when i saw that that made me very excited but i also just love both of okay. those so
0: i had two shows i haven't watched so it's
1: interesting yeah, true detective season one very specifically season one is excellent
0: okay other seasons it's not good after season one isn't it like an anthology kind of series exactly right? it changes yeah
1: each season exactly it's the kind of thing where it follows different characters and different storylines so season one is the one that i think is essential you can watch more than that i think the other seasons aren't as good but they're also not connected so if you watch those and don't oh. like them they won't like ruin season one because season one okay. is like on good. its own but yeah season one true detective fantastic shit that's matthew mcconaughey and woody harrelson really good
0: Alright, alright,
1: alright. Um, so well, that's 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 good to know. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I wonder. Hopefully, those expansions, like we we're talking about, are released within like the calendar year of the game being released. But I, I'm um, I'm very excited for this game, especially after beating the the first one recently. And also, Sam Lake. Does he look like a vampire? Yes
1: or yes? I mean, yes, but he also looks like Max Payne.
0: I had never played Max Payne, but he. Well, he but is, to me, he well, I saw the I, I saw the screen.
1: He is? Yeah. <sighs> He's awesome. He doesn't like He looks like a vampire. He though. doesn't voice it, but if you go back and you look, the character model for Max Payne is Sam Lake.
0: That's awesome. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's fucking sick, dude. Max Payne is awesome. Not this isn't Max Payne 3, but Is Max
0: Payne trippy and weird? Like very controlling and, and like and uh Alan Wake Art? Yes. So it's not like I I I was thinking it was like kind of like in my mind, Max Payne was always kind of like uh like broy, it was like mm. almost like a John Wick esque kind of thing where it's like guns and t- bullet time and like all this cool shit, but it's like kind of weird. Trippy Max shit.
1: Payne is very, and I wonder if I'll catch any kind of like flack or disagreement for saying this. The way that I would describe it, Max Payne three is different, so I would categorize that just on its own. Max Payne one okay. and two, I feel like are a little bit like a little bit like The Matrix and a little bit like Sin City. I'm saying a little because very specifically there are elements of both of those that I see, but it also has a... just an atmosphere that's very unique just to Max Payne, which I think is part of what makes it so cool. It's very dark. It is very...
0: They have live-action stuff in there? They
1: don't have live-action stuff. Well, they have, like, stills. They're, like, comic book stills, and they look kind of close to live-action, but it is very like thriller and kind of traumatic is almost the right word to say i don't know if you want me to say because i don't know if you know what max Payne is actually about but it's about it's about some fucked up shit some like very adult Mm -hmm. very m-rated type of themes and a lot of the abstract levels because there are whole levels that are very abstract tie into those kind of like um I don't know what the right word is for it, but the kind of like mental thriller kind of. What's the word for that? Psychological thriller. There's a lot of psychological okay. thriller elements to Max Payne, especially one and two, where a lot of it has to do with Max. It's like a cerebral game. Exactly. Where it's like, you're like, what the fuck is going yeah, on? Yeah, a lot of it has to do with like his traumas and handling that and then handling like the different things he has to do in his profession. They're not very broy. The only reason why I say that is because even when you're playing them, there's like very few laughs or anything. Everyone is in a fucking awful mood. It's mostly him talking about like fucked up things that have happened to him. Yes, you're gonna go mm. ahead and gun down a, like a ton of people, but it's not, I don't think, in like a very funny way. It's more in like an I'm in a dirty, disgusting building. I need to break out of it. And then you like fight through a whole like bunch of floors. It's a great game. Max Payne three. I
0: hope those remasters come out. Yes,
1: because uh, yeah, I mean, I totally agree. Also, like the action in those is excellent. Max Payne three, I think, is super solid too. It just has a different. Max Payne three is a lot more just kind of like action adventure. Still deals with similar. I mean, that was things was made by Rockstar, right? That... Remedy didn't make three. Yeah, exactly. I think that one was just made by Rockstar. That one is still an excellent game, and the character of Max Payne is still very accurate. But I feel like its atmosphere is very different. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay. So that's cool. I was, that, I always wondered because Max Payne stuck out to the rest of Remedies catalog, where it's like Quantum Break, Alan Wake, mm. Control. That all makes sense. It's like weird, cerebral. Max Payne is like, weird. Like, you know, suspense. But okay. As long as, long as it's weird, because I was like, oh, maybe that, that didn't interest me because I was like, hey, it looks kind of like not generic, but like, you know what you're getting.
1: Yeah. I think Max Payne is weird and I would say darker than darker than alan wake and darker than control huh
0: i would definitely play the shit out of those remasters then let me see remakes whatever they're calling
1: them. i want to look it up and see because so for anyone that's also curious i played max Payne very much in very much in like passing or i was a kid right when those games came out those were playstation 2 titles i wasn't old enough to understand them from like a very full perspective and i haven't gone back to play them so, what I'm telling you is what I remember from some of the levels, but it's not maybe. They're available, right? I think they
0: have like their PlayStation 2 uh,
1: ports on the store. They are, exactly. They are there if you do want to play them. So, a quick, like, super quick synopsis if you're curious what me is described as Max Payne is a neo noir third person shooter developed by Remedy and published by Rockstar. The series is named after its protagonist, Max Payne, a New York City police detective, turned vigilante after his family was murdered by drug addicts. Oh shit. So that's that basically tells you yeah. It opens with that and like he's a fucked up character and then you just go like it's like a
0: rainbow kind of situation like some ptsd type exactly
1: shit. literally just like that it's like you're dealing with his traumas nice. and at the same time of dealing with his traumas he's also gonna go shoot like 100 people but he's just like diving <laughs> while he's doing it in slow-mo
0: okay i might have to purchase the like the ports because they're they're always on sale for like seven bucks yeah they're
1: not expensive and to be honest with those remasters or remakes i do not have any clue what the i feel like status exactly where i think we're gonna get control too before we would get those
0: yeah remedy I, mean, I think alan wake's gonna come out good but uh they are concerning in terms of like how many projects they have announced they could mm-hmm. just be like letting us know and it's like added once as each is complete we'll get to them but when you hear that many projects coming from one studio you do get a little weary of like where's the focus
1: yeah that's true too i yeah I agree once we see if Alan we play Alan Wake 2 and it's like excellent then I that'll just ease those worries and then it's just a matter of yeah how and you don't need to rush them but like what is your time frame for these games and is it taking longer than necessary if they're doing multiple at once although I'm sure it's not I'm sure they know what they're doing I I have no reason to doubt Mm -hmm. remedy currently yeah
0: definitely not they have a good track
1: record so I'm really excited for that. Really excited that we talked about Max Payne in general because I didn't know that that is what like I didn't know that that's how it presented itself to you currently. But mm. that makes sense. If I thought it was like a bro shooter, I probably wouldn't have that much interest in it either. Yeah,
0: I, I figured it was obviously. I figured it was a little bit deeper or was of quality just because it has Rockstar tied to it and Remedy. Remedy is also a quality studio, but Rockstar. I'm like, oh. Rockstar during the PS2, that was like peak Rockstar. Everything they were pumping out was fucking fantastic. That's also
1: Rockstar when it's doing some of its darkest shit, when they have like Manhunt and stuff like that too. So they were not worried mm-hmm. about releasing stuff that was like kind of crazy yet in terms of material. I, now, th- I think I think this goes without saying, but I just want to cement it: the 2008 Mark Wahlberg movie, Max Payne, is fucking awful, and I do not recommend it. Ooh, I want to watch that. Mark Wahlberg's Dude, Max Payne. We saw that in theaters. I'm Max Payne. We saw that in theaters <laughs> so bad. Oh, my God. A memorable <laughs> experience. Uh, I remember Alex, me, I don't remember who it was, but I think it was me and my dad and Alex went to go see it. And Alex always talks about how that was like one of the shittiest movie experiences. We got to watch it together with him. That was one of those ones where, because <laughs> I think Alex likes Max Payne. I'm pretty sure he played those games. That's one of those things where I think the trailer was cut in, like, a really stylish, sexy way, and then the movie was just awful. But I feel like that was very prevalent in, like, the late 2000s. They did that with Resident Evil, too. So Resident Evil trailers always looked interesting, but then I heard the movies were Brash. I like the first movie. I don't think it's a good movie, but I think that at a, in a period of time when there weren't many good video game adaptations, I think the first Resident Evil movie is fun and serves its purpose. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know, this is just like a random movie, but I'm thinking about movies that had really good trailers and awful. Do you remember a game or a movie? Co- Dredge? Dredge, yes, but do you... Not Dredge, you mean Dredge? Dredge, whatever. Yeah, yeah Dredge. Dredge is an excellent game, but no, Dredge, yeah, I agree with that. But then also, do you remember a movie called Gamer? Vaguely. It's not like a very, like a very popular movie. I'm pretty sure... Oh, man, who was in it? I'm pretty sure Gerard Butler was in it.
0: Gerard Brutler yeah he's definitely a gamer and
1: so I think it was I remember that that's trailer so being funny. interested and then that movie sucking
0: oh yeah he is in it is it based on a video game? no it's just like a
1: movie but
0: oh he's in an online game in which participants can control human beings as players
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's a cool concept
1: yeah but I don't know maybe, I, maybe it was just because I was a kid maybe I have to rewatch the trailer but I remember seeing the trailer and being like damn that shit looks cool and then that movie sucked ass <laughs> Got a 29% on
0: Rotten Tomatoes, which we have recently found out they're a shill. But this is back then when they were probably legit. And a 5.7 out of 10 on IMB,
1: IMDb. An IMDb I can trust. That is a... IMDb we can yeah, trust. Yeah, that's an opinion I can I can stand behind. Now... No, this does not look too good, honestly. No, it is not good. So, let's see. Back to World of PlayStation. Your offering for PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium for this month are now available for you to play. So let's go ahead and go over them here. In the PlayStation Plus Extra tier, what you have available to you is you have Gotham Knights, Disco Elysium, Dark Pictures, An- Dark Pictures Anthology, House of Ashes, Alien Isolation, Dead Island Definitive Edition, Outlast 2, Elite Dangerous, Far Changing Tides, Gungrave Gore, Eldest Souls, and Rokie couple of notes i want to say here i really enjoy them throwing in some horror games for halloween not only that i think mm-hmm. there's some pretty stellar options here dark pictures and oh my god let me just say house of ashes house of ashes is i mm-hmm. think the best game from supermassive i'm about halfway through it i guess i didn't mention this at the top of the show but i am also playing that and I'm about halfway through it i think it's i don't know if it's controversial to say i think it's better than until dawn and I think that oh wow I haven't played the Corey, but from what I've heard, I've heard mixed things about the Corey. And definitely in terms of the other ones like Little Hope and Man of Medan, or the newest one, The Devil in Me. I think that House of Ashes is the most original and creative. I think the I think the setup is just super interesting. The setup of it is basically it's two thousand three takes place in iraq and it follows some u.s soldiers and uh i think an iraq soldier and it follows their conflict and then there's an earthquake and they end up in a temple underneath the combat zone that they're in this shit sounds cool as fuck i think it's fucking sick like i i really i think for... it sounds like it'd be a dope movie Dude, too while i was playing it, it the concept? i just immediately thought i was like this seems very I mean, of course, I understand where it's from a movie perspective. I understand its influences. Definitely, there's like a little bit of the the descent. There's definitely some of that in there, maybe even some like Predator, stuff like that. But I think what I've played of it so far, I think is very good. I think just the dynamics of that setting is not something that is widely used, which I understand why it wouldn't be widely used. But uh, nonetheless, I think it's interesting. And obviously, the stuff with the temple underneath, which I won't say anymore, like what happens or what it is. But I think it's very interesting, and I think that's a really good offering if you have PlayStation Plus extra. I also think Alien Isolation is a fucking excellent game. I'm very biased, but I think it's good. Now, switching over and talking about the PlayStation Plus premium titles, they are classics, quote unquote, but I want to make sure that I give you the full scoop on them before uh, you just take them at face value. So we have IQ Final. Ape Escape Academy, Soul Caliber, Broken Destiny, and Tekken Six. Tekken Six, you're not getting Tekken Six proper. You're getting Tekken Six PSP version. Now, Tekken Six was a PlayStation Three title that also had a PSP version. Naturally, the PSP version is going to be lower quality, but that that's the version you're getting. So you're not getting just like Tekken Six. I think that's a little bit. I think that's a little bit deceiving. Because it doesn't even say like Tekken 6 PSP in parentheses or anything, it just says Tekken 6 PS4, PS5 version. Yeah, I thought
0: it was the PS3 version, honestly. It's not, I didn't know that. Yeah,
1: so I went into it uh, similar like you're saying because I thought it was that too. And I was pretty excited. You know, we've got Tekken 8 coming out in January, and I've enjoyed my time with Tekken 7. So I was like, oh, this could be a cool little side thing to get into, have some fun with. But it is the PSP version, and also it does not have trophies. So it is kind of sticking on brand with that thing where if it's not Sony um, published first or party. first party, exactly, then it's not going to have trophies. So that doesn't have trophies. Mm-hmm. Ape Escape Academy looks kind of interesting. It's like a mini-games for Ape Escape and then IQ Final is a kind of puzzler PlayStation 2 game. So I would say this is a kind of lackluster premium offering. I think that I don't know if we necessarily need more Ape Escape. i <laughs> don't think that releasing Tekken 6 but the clearly inferior version is really the right move to make. I understand from their perspective they're probably like, "Well, it's a PSP title." But I don't know if I'm am alone in this train of thought, but I think that if you have, for example, I think of like my experience when I was younger with Call of Duty World at War. There's the PlayStation 3 and there's the Xbox 360 version and then there was the PS2 version which didn't which didn't even have zombies and doesn't have multiplayer and it's just a campaign right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You should probably present the best version of the game, not just a version of the game.
0: Yeah. That's kind of
1: shitty. I did not know
0: that. If you, but uh, what about soul Calibur? soul caliber, PSP game, soul Calibur,
1: I will look that up right now. As we're talking, I didn't look into that one as much. I enjoy soul Calibur, but more of a hanging out with friends or maybe playing online in a party setting. But I don't remember the last time mm-hmm. I like played through a soul Calibur single player. Now for Tekken 6, if you're on your PlayStation app or you could just wait until you're, you know, like we're done with the show and hanging out on the PlayStation store. I immediately questioned it because I looked at the screenshots and I was like, this doesn't look like even a PlayStation 3 game. And that's when I looked (laughs) online and I was like, okay, this is the PSP port of Tekken 6.
0: Oh, that's, that sucks. Damn, especially after like, you know, they raised the prices on all the subscription services. You got to come with at least a pretty solid lineup for premium to kind of justify that but i guess they offered four games instead of the usual three but
1: soul Calibur broken
0: nothing... destiny
1: is a 2009 fighting game in the soul Calibur series for the playstation portable so it's a psp game too nice god damn i do think that
0: one what's their obsession with psp games i feel like there should be no psp games on playstation classic i do
1: think that that one is a little different though because broken destiny is its own game Tekken 6 okay. is more of like a there is literally a PS3 version and then a PSP version.
0: It'd be like getting like Marvel versus Capcom but the Vita version.
1: That's yeah, exactly right. So that's that's where I'm like it's less about it's less about that it's PSP and more about that there are multiple versions and you're giving the the clearly inferior version. They need to
0: they need to un- like get this PlayStation 3 thing like Under control, Mm. or like figure a way out because it's like really annoying. Like, even the half step measure of like streaming, it's like just either all or nothing. Like, give me obviously, you know, give the option of streaming, but I should be able to download PlayStation 3 games on a PS5. It's been literally two generations. We're almost go, we're on 10 plus years, about to be fucking almost 20 years. They keep it up.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's a little bit ridiculous, but we'll have another month, and I think that the extra titles are pretty solid yeah definitely a lot of good
0: um horror games especially some classics that i think are kind of gone under the radar with house of ashes and uh alien isolations i don't think either one of those sold well particularly Mm -hmm. so we missed those out those are definitely good games to pick up
1: yeah and i wonder if it's similar to or no i'm sure it is actually i think this is something that we know because it's been documented i think horror games similar to movies no matter how good they are they normally don't sell the best but that's Probably because Mm -hmm. of subject matter, you know, graphic violent, that kind of thing. And some people honestly just don't like playing scary or watching scary things. So that's also a part of it, too. But for those who do, I think those are both very good options. I think that Alien Isolation holds up pretty well, even for its age. That was first released in 2014. I still think it looks pretty good. And I mean, if you like Alien, I think that's the best recreation of an Alien setting in video game format definitely nice. for like audio and presentation of the way that they have like technology look old but new at the same time really just really good game
0: i also i don't know if you saw this say there's a mod that came out on the pc version of it mm-hmm. that turns the alien into thomas the tank
1: engine dude <laughs> and i kind of love that that game is sick Now that that is the <laughs> game too where the like that would be funny because that mod just changing the skin of it the way the alien works mm-hmm. i don't know if you already know this but to anyone who might not The way the alien works in that game is it learns how you play as you play it. So for example, if Mm -hmm. you frequently hide in these kind of locations or you normally try to run, it will pick up on those things. So you can't keep doing the same thing throughout the course of the game to the point where like it's actually pretty good. Like you will constantly have to be on your toes. And so thinking about like Thomas the Tank Engine, learning the (laughs) shit that you do, it's incredible. I love that the modding communities do stuff like that.
0: Yeah, that is that is definitely one of the benefits of PC gaming is, like, the cool mods that you get to fuck around with your games.
1: Mm-hmm. I saw, uh, I was watching, I think I might have sent it to you. It's like a reel of just Kermit, like, drifting through a tunnel in Grand Theft Auto yes. V, but it looks like a completely <laughs> different game. hmm But uh, cool shit with that. Um, good PlayStation Plus offerings. Hopefully they keep that up on the extra tier, but I do think premium tier is going to need a little bit of love. Now, moving back to yeah. the more premium stuff. Spider-Man 2, I mean, not to be in reference to PlayStation Plus Premium, but Spider-Man 2 will be adding New Game Plus and Mission Replay features post-launch, and Insomniac will also be fixing a mistake where Miles has the wrong flag in his house. We alluded to this earlier. Miles Morales is Puerto Rican, and there is a Cuban flag that is spotted in his apartment, so fans have noticed this, and Insomniac said they would address it. We think that's pretty fucking funny, and... With this new game plus, something that I wanted to mention earlier when we were talking about Alan Wake 2 free DLC being significant, I'm wondering if new game plus is something that they'll be adding and they think that's significant. I personally don't think new game plus is something that should be added after. I think that's something that should be in at launch.
0: I think it's something that should be in at launch. And I honestly think at this point, game development studios are using it as like a second form of promotion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Because they know they can add it later and be like, oh well, the new game plus is so you just got done beating it, fucking play it again. And like keep the engagement up and get it back into the new cycle about new game plus. Mm. And these are new features in new game plus. And maybe with uh it being delayed, the new game plus comes with a little more additive stuff, you would hope. If it's if it's not gonna be there at launch, at least you know, be more than just like me literally replaying the game. Cause I know God of War did do good new game plus like additions in terms of like the original 2018 one i don't know what ragnarok added but i played that on new game plus there's a whole new armor sets i think there may be a new currency as well so it you know sometimes they can do it right but i also agree with you that new game plus should just be fresh out of the box
1: now separate from that which this is totally fine if they do decide to do this to my understanding they haven't announced any expansions for spider-man 2 at the moment
0: no, I've only heard about them like being like there can be a Venom spin-off game, but I think they referenced it in terms of it being like a full game.
1: Yeah. And I think not or maybe like a miles size project. And I think that was something that, yeah, like what people had been maybe requesting or asking and Insomniac said that they'll listen to they didn't say that's happening or that that is their next move. But they said that they will listen to the fans. Right. I think. Mm hmm. Yeah, they did say that. I think as, as a as an idea, we'll just see how that is. I think that we'll be able to have more of an opinion on that after Joel has played the game, and then maybe that's something we can talk about. But in mm-hmm. terms of just expansions for Spider Man two, I I don't know if they're necessary. What I think I would wanna know more is I wanna know what their timeline or window is for Wolverine. If their timeline for Wolverine is like sooner than we think, like if it's like holiday twenty twenty four, then I don't I don't think they should have any expansions for Spider Man two. If it is longer than that, yeah, I don't want anything I don't want anything delaying Wolverine. Exactly. I don't that's exactly yeah. I don't want anything delaying Wolverine 2, but if Wolverine 2 is into 2025 and it's like comfortably there and that's just how they're working with it, then if they did do an expansion for Spider Man two. I think that Spider Man is so easy to pick up that I it is a game that I would be totally fine with having expansions for.
0: Yeah, and hopefully they do a better job than they did the first time around because the city that never sleeps, which is all three expansions, like that's what they're called. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, it was okay. It was like mid, I'd give it like a six point five out of ten. Like the overall experience with it, it's fun. It adds a little, you know, a little more exposition and narrative. It's a good like glue between the first spider-man game and miles because then you get to like understand peter and miles dynamic a little bit more but it wasn't i wouldn't say necessary also sets up like a few characters sorry sets up a few characters in the new game spider-man 2 and like so that way if you like introduce them you're like what the fuck happened here but you get some of that backstory in the uh in the dlc packs Mm. but I, I don't have an issue with Insomniac hitting dates or releasing products just because this is what their third product on place on PS5 now. So they're they're a studio that, you know, I know they're they're they work on an efficient time pace definitely. like they get shit out. They they get games out. They're not
1: fucking. Around. Yeah, they're definitely an efficient team, which is good. And talking about the expansions from the first one, I remember I played two of them, but I didn't finish the third. I thought they were OK. Mm-hmm. And just saying with the 6.5 thing, I know that numbers are reductive and shouldn't be everything, but I also know that I don't think it could be ignored that IGN's reviews normally hold a decent amount of value. I think the 8 score for Spider-Man 2 is interesting. It's interesting because the whole time that I was playing the game, I couldn't decide if it was an 8 or if it was a 9, and I still don't actually know how I would grade it. I don't think an 8 is too Mm -hmm. low, but I i i think the reason why i'm bringing this up is because i think numbers are so reductive because if you think about spider-man 2 compared to other games then like it's just hard to think like oh well this number means the same thing for this game and this game and this game so yeah if you are looking at review scores in general i think it's something we normally talk about try to find somebody if it's us great if it's someone else also cool If it's somebody that you feel like your opinions and your tastes personally align with, that's going to give you a better, well-rounded opinion and something to go off of than just a number. So just something that... Also, read or watch the review. Don't just look at the number because that's also you can gain a lot from that too. And I think with something that you are... I think with something that you're worried about spoilers, maybe you can go and look at like an aggregate, like a Metacritic or something. Because for Spider-Man 2, I did not watch the review, but that's because I didn't want to get it spoiled for me. But yeah, even...
0: I didn't watch it either for that reason. Yeah, but
1: even then, that, that being said too, you can go around and get like a, a different a different feel for how multiple people feel about it. Because just a number is like, it's it's really hard to... You can think two games are amazing, but not think they're both the same level of quality. So there's there's going to be variations in there now spider-man 2 pretty fucking excellent i am excited to play it again on maybe ultimate difficulty when new game plus happens i don't think i would want to start the game from scratch and play on ultimate especially knowing that they're going to add a new game plus
0: yeah definitely not because the ultimate must be pretty difficult Because amazing, you know, it it pushed back a little bit. I
1: agree, but I think that that's that thing too, where it would be that much harder if you're starting with no upgrades, but that seems unnecessary.
0: Mm -hmm. Like new game plus, yeah, you would definitely want to do it just so that way. Also, they maybe add a trophy that you have to beat it on the ultimate difficulty and those extra ones, not for the platinum, but you know, those like those rare 0.01% percent trophies out there
1: and they could even have it the way that naughty dog does it too where in naughty dog for last of us part two for example when you play on new game plus and a hard difficulty for example the hardest difficulty is grounded which i played that but when i played it it was grounded plus which is even harder than just standard grounded so they adjust for you having your new game plus abilities so that's also one way to handle it and that's totally fine i just don't really want to play the game from scratch on a harder difficulty
0: would you say that Naughty Dog's New Game Plus adds enough that it deserves to not not that it deserves, but it's justified that it's not there at launch. Is it additive no, enough?
1: Not at all. Not at all, even slightly for you said for Naughty Dog.
0: Yeah, for like last of us part not, two yeah, and stuff like not that.
1: Not at all, even slightly because well, hold on. No, New Game Plus was there at launch. Was it not? It was? i don't think I so think, i don't think any of these games were released with new games plus anymore I, ca- I think that i'll look it up while i'm saying this i think last of us 2 did launch with new game plus what it added later mm-hmm. was grounded difficulty a timer for speed running and then visual filters i think that was the one big update they did and i was like why the fuck is grounded something you're adding now and then visual filters because visual filters if you play any naughty dog games like uncharted those are all of those at, at launch had you would play them and you would earn like a currency in game that you could spend on models or visual filters stuff like that and i thought that last of Us two's big update was grounded a timekeeper for speed running and visual filters the reason why i say that is because to get the platinum you have to
0: yeah it does have it at launch yeah
1: and that's and that's specific to last of us you're absolutely right that most playstation games have been adding it after god of war horizon and spider man those are all examples of games like that but Mm -hmm. last of us i remembered the only way to get the platinum is to fully upgrade the characters which was not possible in one playthrough so it has to carry over now big brain right there yeah that's that being said they still did add some stuff later that I thought was unnecessary because I would have done the Platinum much sooner if that Grounded difficulty was in there at launch because I wanted to replay it, but I didn't want to replay it at the same difficulty. I know that Grounded mm-hmm. is going to be there eventually, so I did wait for that, but it's cool that they added, right, later is better than never, but there are certain things that, yeah. like you were saying, should just be Yeah, there. like I definitely understand they're trying to do it for like a marketing pop, but at the same time, it's like, it's hard mode just have hard mode in there at launch here Mm -hmm. now i'm not a developer i don't know exactly how difficult that is to do but in theory you're going to decrease the damage i do increase the damage they do and decrease the resources that are available to me i can't imagine that takes a long time to like balance
0: yeah i mean i I definitely agree with that and then while we're while we're here in spider-man land they'd want to make a note about it you know selling 2.5 million Mm. copies in 24 hours good nice nice chunk of change came out i mean i did the math that's 175 million dollars something
1: else too i don't know if somebody is planning on picking it up or if this is something that they'll have fixed by the time but i did read that people who bought physical copies of it were having issues installing it onto their system so if you're in between a physical or digital release probably just safer to go digital
0: Yeah which is unfortunate because you know the physical kind of dying in general but but yeah uh you know just go go to di- go digital mm-hmm. just make it easy you should already preloaded it
1: yeah agreed <laughs> it's just yeah it's easier to enjoy it that way now while we're talking about the digital and the physical realities of it playstation 5 slim which as we discussed before but for those who don't know playstation has a refreshed version of the playstation 5 there will be a Slim, well, they, they're just slim in general, but there is a version that comes with a disk drive and a version that does not. The key difference here is that the disk drive is removable, and similarly, it can be added on to the one that doesn't. So you can get one without it for a little bit cheaper, or you can get one with it. The prices are different. So now, instead of the digital only one being $399, that will be $449, and the regular version will be $499. And the disk drive separate is seventy nine ninety nine, and the base to stand it up vertically is thirty dollars. So different things happening. Also in Japan, some of the peripherals got price increases. I don't have those exact numbers here, but I know that that was something that happened too. Now the information that we have for you, brand new, is the PlayStation Five Slim release date or supposed release date. So they Sony's original announcement was kind of saying that we're trying to move the current skew of playstation 5 that we have on market once those are complete then we will start putting the new versions on shelves that is not true for various reasons which makes sense if you have different bundles and marketing things that's just not going to be the case so there has been a modern warfare 3 playstation 5 slim bundle seen in the wild and then there's also Spider-Man 2 Slim Bundle. So the date that is being thrown around right now is November 8th is when you should start to see these come to stores and online. If you're interested in getting a PlayStation 5 digital, I would recommend getting the one that's available now. Mm-hmm. But
0: but again, they've always made the digital a lot harder to buy. Mm-hmm. So it basically feels like the default is the $500 one.
1: Yeah, and I yeah I totally agree. And I've had my digital one, and I've never thought about the disk drive, really. I totally enjoy it. So, I mean, it's probably like a good option to have, right? But if you're, if you're for whatever reason worried about it from a financial perspective, I mean, it is $100 cheaper. It doesn't seem like it's a whole lot, but like it makes a difference.
0: Yeah, no, that definitely does make a difference. I mean, a on difference. a sale, what you I mean, can get like $100, you can buy games.
1: On $100, yeah, you can get. A brand new game and then probably like one game on sale or on a sale you get like five games or if you are interested and you're maybe newly coming into the playstation ecosystem a hundred dollars can easily get you like half a year of probably premium subscription
0: that's exactly what i was thinking so yeah you could definitely at least yeah get some of the subscription services so it definitely does matter especially you know it's hard out here in these streets and these economical conditions that we are in
1: and i'm going to show Joelle, a picture on screen. I know that we don't have a visual component of the show yet, but that's because I have to have Task Manager running on my old ass computer to make sure that everything is running (laughs) smoothly currently. Right here on this is a picture of the PlayStation 5 Spider Man 2 bundle, which is the regular current one. But then here's the Modern Warfare 3 with the new update. Modern Warfare 3 releases on November 10th, so it makes sense that they're going to want these bundles out in stores when that game releases
0: it'd be cool hopefully they have one like in display Mm
1: -hmm. so i can see what it actually looks like that's all i
0: actually just want to see the size difference i don't think i'm interested in buying one because i'm more interested in a possible ps5 Mm -hmm. pro than a slim and i don't hear any like differences in performance or anything like that and my ps5 is running just fine so yeah
1: i haven't noticed any issues with mine as of as of yet so i agree i'm in this i'm in the same boat okay so let's see Switching over to TV shows or some kind of like cross-media, the Fallout TV show pilot date has been announced, which I'm pretty excited about. Fallout, the Fallout show will be coming on Amazon. And mm-hmm. the first episode will be coming out April 12th. So April 12th, 2024, the first episode is titled The End. It is going to be set in Los Angeles. And I'm pretty excited about it.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be a good show. And I think that this is I think it's going to be a good show because Jonathan Nolan is writing it,
1: right? Yes, Jonathan Nolan is writing it and then just to update everyone, Todd Howard's queue of games is Elder Scrolls 6 and then Fallout 5. They did say is what they're going to do after Elder Scrolls. After Starfield? Well, at, no, after I mean... Elder Scrolls 6, Fallout 5 is going to be the next thing they do. Oh,
0: okay, that's good. I hope that they can speed up their development time, but um, they
1: announce I, I think that i could be wrong but when they announced elder scrolls 6 they also announced fallout 5 that's why that's what they that's did. where it was like you're doing this way too soon it's just elder scrolls 6 they gave us that kind of cg visual gliding over the mm-hmm. um oh man help me out here what's it called the red something mountains is it red guard i don't know i don't know it might be
0: Redgar, I I might be Redgar. uh, Redgar is the race. So
1: I'm saying I think it might be from where they hail from in the okay in In the world of Skyrim. Cyrodiil, Cyrodiil is the entire right because Skyrim is the north, and then the middle. Is this too much? Maybe too much. No, I'm like I don't know. You would know more than so, yeah. me.
0: You can go as I love the I love the details, but I don't know. I I know that each of the games the names are like an area exactly. on the map, right? Like Marwan is a place, Oblivion's a place and elsewhere. Skyrim is elsewhere is, a place. is
1: from Elsewhere is where the khajiit come from. And then Okay. So anyway, there's a big map if you want to look at it. It's worth looking at. I anyway, they have that CG where it goes over the mountains and it says Elder Scrolls 6. <laughs> There was no visual for Fallout 5, but I'm pretty sure in an interview after that happened, they also mentioned Fallout 5, and it's like, I don't know why you're mentioning that. That was also, that was like three years ago at this point.
0: Yeah, I mean, Fallout 5 is probably, honestly, a next-gen game at this point.
1: I think so, too. I'm still waiting for Fallout 4, the PS5 port.
0: Yeah, you know... I mean, it doesn't have an Xbox series port either, so that like at least makes me feel good that they're not, like, jipping us mm. there, but I think uh, when that, ever, that whenever that comes out, I'll be interested to play that. Yeah, just because it Again. was
1: announced for the 25th anniversary, which was, that was, what, so the first Fallout was 97, so that was 22, right? So mm-hmm. that was last year, but I think it's been over a yeah. year since they announced that.
0: Yeah, they may have uh, development issues. Maybe they were all focused on Starfield, too. Probably they're like they didn't want to deteriorate or not deteriorate, but like take anybody's attention off of Starfield. They also
1: might try to time it with the show, which wouldn't surprise me that much. They might just try to drop that with the show. You got to have that synergy.
0: You got to learn from the Sony synergy. It matters. It does
1: work, right? When you get everyone on the Internet talking about like one topic, it definitely works. Mm -hmm. So that is something I'm interested in, and we will see how that is and how that's treated. Something else that got announced, but I think this was a little bit smaller of an item. This was at a indie horror kind of conference. System Shock 2 Enhanced Edition has been confirmed for PlayStation 5 and also Xbox Series S and X. This is going to be a more just enhanced remaster. This is not a remake. This is coming from Night Dive Studios. And when I mentioned this, Joel was like, oh shit, like is system shock finally coming and i was like okay so this is system shock 2 and this is enhanced but the system shock remake which i don't want us all to forget about because that was reviewed very nicely that came out earlier this year on pc what about the console version so i went ahead and like looked into that so i could have some kind of update here for the show and what i was reading was that in early september it was rated for consoles from the esrb so i would imagine that's coming probably before the end of the year that was always the studio's plan but this is the most recent update was that it has now been officially rated and i know that that studio has mentioned before of course if the game is successful enough and makes enough they absolutely would want to remake two and possibly system shock 3 as well
0: i mean yeah i I would want to take i want to play all these system shock games because they're the spiritual or bioshock is the spiritual successor of the system shock Mm -hmm. games so Bioshock is my favorite game, so I would love to go back to the roots and play, play it and see where, you know, what what inspired Bioshock. I don't know if I would be able to complete these games because I know they're very hardcore PC games. And that's just not like my that's not my vibe, not my ethos. It's not as much of a shooter as the original Bioshock is.
1: Also, I mean, I'm tripping, so I'm sure somebody's laughing at me right now. System Shock 3 is not something that ever came out. That's something that was, like, in development.
0: That's what they're working on next,
1: right? I think it's just... Theoretically? I think, theoretically, if they were able to do 1 and then 2, they'd probably want to do 3. But there is no 3 to remake Mm -hmm. right now.
0: All right. Well, you know, hopefully they can at least get the... I would like to play this, like, more original version of it and then have, like, the beefed-up remastered... or remake that was released earlier this
1: year on PC. And uh, remember, one of those things too is System Shock Three is in the hands of Tencent. So,
0: oh. Tencent is
1: the one who owns that IP at the moment. So they're kind of the ones that'll have the final say. But Night Dive is the one, like, working on these, like, uh, at the ground level.
0: Okay, okay, good. That's all good. Uh, good information to know. Uh, let's
1: see what else we've got. So that I feel like pretty much wraps up the PlayStation centric news outside for some so some minor things that i will also mention which are sad always these are never positive things media molecule is laying off 15 to 20 percent of its staff that is the developer behind little big planet and dreams so that has been announced and then also playstation support studio visual arts is also laying off a percent of their staff so both of them of course That sucks. I think there are some other developers that are going through the same thing. I know a lot of companies in general are doing a lot of layoffs or hiring freezes. So always sucks to see. But just in terms of the PlayStation family, I know that that support studio and then also Media Molecule right now is going through that. And Dreams, of course, will be taken offline, I believe, by the end of this year. And
0: yeah, and also big, big news about a a longtime PlayStation producer, Connie Booth. Mm -hmm. Being reportedly let go or stepped down, her absence has been kind of like shaded in this weird uh, like gray area. She has been with PlayStation for a hot minute and has been a producer over a hundred games, starting with the original Crash Pandas Coot where she was a senior uh, producer and she worked on obviously one of a, a lot of like people's favorites like studios. she was she worked on Sly Cooper, mm. a fan favorite on the it's show. Dope last of us spider-man death stranding ghost of tsushima siphon filter ratchet and clank uncharted infamous resistance so just like a real playstation og and her exit is kind of weird it's like not really been clear whether she was let go or whether she stepped down but it's like her and a small team of people that work directly with her have left and it's kind of interesting. I'm interested to see the when it, how it unravels and when we get more and more news. David Jaffe, who longtime PlayStation fans must will know, is a Twisted Metal creator, God of War creator, and overall now just kind of a eccentric <laughs> YouTuber. Mm-hmm. is the best way to put it. I, I love him. He's crazy, but uh, but yeah, he he kind of went off just saying it was very disrespectful how PlayStation kind of has not really reported on the situation, and I gave her like a ceremonious. Mm-hmm you know like when jim ryan's when they announced his retirement it was very ceremonious and all that stuff this one definitely seems to be not left on the best terms yeah i mean it's a just what so we just wanted to shout it's that, that out
1: thing for sure where there's smoke there's fire so it's like sometimes the way that these things are announced it's like that seems kind of odd especially with the tenure and like you're saying the history of just what has been released under her career it's like even just saying 100 games that's so many under a first party capacity like you should you would imagine it should be more thankful than, than how it was announced. Yeah, now, so
0: that, that, that's upsetting. Our,
1: uh, we got a couple of stories here coming up that are actually pretty much all related to industry veterans either leaving or coming back to games. So starting off first, we have Shinji Mikami has teased returning back to work after his non-compete clause seemingly ends. So he tweeted out, now that I've broken the spell of non-competition on myself, I guess I should get to work. So, he hasn't said exactly where he's going, what he's going to want to be doing. But Shinji Mikami, of course, legendary mind behind the original Resident Evil. He was heading up Tango Gameworks, which is under Bethesda Game Studios and was the mind behind The Evil Within, Evil Within 2, and then also stuck with them throughout the course of Hi Fi Rush and Ghostwire Tokyo, cannot forget, excellent game. Now, excellent. He founded uh, Tango Gameworks or wait hold on yes he founded tango gameworks back in 2010 before the studio joined in with bethesda and so basically he left them once they were owned by xbox and so now his non-compete clause is over and so it seems that he will be returning to work which is great now we know that there are a lot of people who have left different studios under xbox's control, so I mean, take that from what you will, right? I don't think I'm making any kind of clear statements on Xbox per se, but I'm just stating the facts that there are industry veterans that, under the new control, have decided to leave. So that's where he is out on. Someone that he's worked pretty closely with throughout the years also uh, has come out. Hideki Kamiya has left Platinum and said that he's not retiring. However,. I believe that he has to wait a year to return to work, likely due to a non-compete clause. So, he has said, I am Hideki Kamiya, unemployed. This is literally (laughs) what he said. I am Hideki Kamiya, unemployed. (laughs) Welcome to my channel. I'm out of a job, so please subscribe. He joked. So, he left Platinum Games in a red Lamborghini Countach and started it. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's a picture of that. That
0: is fucking baller what the fuck he
1: left the studio and then he basically started a youtube channel which he's kind of joking around being an online personality and so he's going to do that for a year probably while his non-compete clause runs out he hasn't said non-compete clause but i feel like especially with this just Mm -hmm. happening with shinji mikami probably a similar situation so hope he enjoys his time off sick ass car nice red shades i love red sunglasses so that should be cool he can enjoy his time you can go check him out on youtube and he should be he says i'm feeling very refreshed after leaving platinum enjoying netflix disney youtube stuff so i'm sure he's having a good time so glad to see that those industry greats are not retiring but more so just like hey we're doing what we have to do i'm gonna get our time of refreshment and then they will come back i don't know what they're gonna come back to do but I think it's exciting also that both of them technically have some of a history together. So I wonder if there's anything there as well. That's what I was wondering. They have uh, Resident Evil roots, both of them, right? And also, so yeah, they have Resident Evil roots together. I feel like did Shinji, did Shinji Mikami have anything to do with Bayonetta, or am I crazy saying that? Shinji Mikami is
0: Tango, right? Shinji
1: Mikami is Tango, yeah. And Bayonetta was Platinum. I don't but believe Bayonetta was before Tango GameWorks existed.
0: No, but I was just making sure I don't get him mm. confused. So I don't think Sinjay Makame had anything to do with Bayonetta, but I think he had something to do with Vanquish. Yes, I think that's true. That's exactly right. He had something to do with Vanquish. So I mean they they have great they have a great catalog between both of them. And they're both obviously industry vets. A year off, you know, get the creative juices flowing again, get the inspiration, the hunger to drive. I think it's I think it's mm.
1: awesome.
0: I think more for Shinji, it's more like he has a non-compete clause. Obviously, the other one seems like he also has a non complete cause, but leaving in a fucking red coontage definitely makes it seem like he's going to
1: enjoy his time. Yeah, I agreed for sure. So, good to hear from both of them, and hopefully they enjoy their deserved time off, even if it is just a break. And now, somebody else that we want to talk about, which I still don't know exactly, but Bethesda's head of publishing, Pete Hines, is leaving after 24 years working for the company. Now, he announced this, and he said, After 24 years, I have decided my time at Bethesda Software has come to an end. I am retiring and will be, and will begin an exciting new chapter of my life, exploring interests and passions, donating my time where I can, and taking more time to enjoy life. This was not a decision I came to easily or quickly, but after an amazing career culminating in the incredible launch of Starfield, it feels like the time is right. He added, This is certainly not goodbye by any means. My love, Of Bethesda and its people has never wavered, and I will never stop being a part of this incredible community. We have grown. Thank you to the hundreds and thousands of fans I have gotten to meet and talk to over the last 24 years. Your energy, creativity, and support has been such a big part of my journey. I look forward to experiencing the next part of this adventure alongside you. Now, he goes on to say some more stuff, of course, nice about the people that he's worked with. And Bethesda released some statements basically saying, We're thankful for your service and all the things that you've done. Now, he is leaving after 24 years with Bethesda. I this is one of those things where following Shinji Mikami, quote unquote, leaving, I don't It, it is fully possible that he is just retiring, and he's done excellent mm-hmm. stuff. I think I've always liked Pete Hines. I thought he had good stage presence. I thought definitely during the latter. I mean, I always liked Bethesda, but I think definitely towards the latter half of his tenure there. I very vividly remember him in some of the like Bethesda just like conference press conferences. I remember him unveiling Doom and stuff like that. So, Pete Hines good guy. Did a lot of good work for them. I just don't know if he's actually retiring or if this is another head leaving from Xboxes now like acquiring Bethesda and I don't know if there's anything there. I
0: think I think definitely like you said, it's 100% possible that it's a legitimate retirement. He's been working in the industry for 24 years, 24 long years. There's been many ups and downs with Bethesda Game Studios. He's been there for the highs. He's been there for the lows. So I think obviously, you know, with the release of Starfield, it I don't think it was exactly what they wanted, but it was good mm-hmm. enough. And so it's a good note for him to leave on. I But I, also, you have to look into the leaked... Uh, emails mm. and the way he was communicating internally with Xbox. And he was communicating in a way where he wasn't expecting these emails to come out. And it was I think there's clearly f- friction between him and Phil Spencer mm-hmm. and the idea of why are our games not everywhere? If you're going to buy Activision, their games are everywhere. Why are we not everywhere? Because I feel like he was also open he was the one that I believe apologized, right? It wasn't Todd Howard that apologized to PlayStation fans for not having Starfield. Yeah,
1: right. I yes, you are correct. Those emails were not supposed to be public, but this was. There was a number of emails, and both. I think this was kind of when Bethesda's trajectory or their schedule for a couple of fiscal years was leaked, and so like what they thought was supposed to be released was supposed to be mm-hmm. released, but in these emails, exactly right, like you were saying definitely pete hines and phil spencer pete hines was showing some like hey this is not like the treatment is not one-to-one here so like what is the reason for that and i think even everyone now still doesn't under i mean i definitely don't understand what they view as what is going to be just for them and what's going to be for other people in terms of bethesda yes they've said that for activision everything is going to be everywhere but i don't for bethesda i don't i don't know
0: and in with him being a marketing guy, yeah. he's he was the head of marketing. He needs to know how to market the fucking product. He's a, he's also going to be the one talking to the press. He's the one that's going to be out there. And he felt like he was kind of done dirty with, you know, activate because, you know, the first question if I get, if I get interviewed with Pete Hines. Oh, Activision's releasing their games everywhere. What, what's up with Bethesda? How do you feel mm-hmm. about that? Why do you think your games why, do you want your games released everywhere? Yeah, you know, so. I think that there's definitely was a friction between both of them. He probably, you know, there's probably a like a contract saying that he had to be at at the studio for X number of years. You know, Sony did the same thing with uh, Bungie with, you know, a lot of like a million dollars spent on retention alone. Probably like those people sign contracts being like, you have to be at Bungie for another five years after we purchase mm-hmm. you. And I think his time finally came and he was like, I think I want to leave here. I don't think that that's a necessarily a good fit for him. But you know what I was you know what I was thinking? Hmm.
1: Now this may be this is crazy, this is pie yeah, what, in the sky, what this were you is thinking? let us into let us into I, that I was... beautiful, luscious hair. What's what's going on behind that, Noggin? <laughs> what what I was
0: thinking, what I got what what I would do if I was Pete Hines is I would throw my hat in a ring for a job vacancy on the competitors platform, aka he could be Jim Ryan's replacement. Interesting. And I think that'd be and I think he would be a fucking fantastic because mm. he has the charismatic side of Phil Spencer, but he's no bullshit. I don't think Pete Hines... He, obviously, they're all corporate, and they lie in some instances because they have to, but I don't think that's in his mm. nature. He's pretty straightforward, and I think he would be a great face for PlayStation. Also, we finally get an American... Head of PlayStation, as a- you know we had the Japanese, we've had the Europeans. Let's get an American in there, see what they can do. i uh, I mean, I don't know it would be crazy. I don't think that's
1: actually gonna happen, but I thought I thought I was like, man, that would be really fun. I think that's a really interesting perspective to have, and I think an astute one, especially making the connection that Jim Ryan was also a marketing guy, so there is a level of that yeah. where. There's I mean, there's absolutely a level of that where it does make sense where yes, Pete Hines didn't have his career with Sony, but he has been in the games industry for close to 30 years. And he also has been heading, I mean, I don't think it's crazy to say one of the most successful publishers. I think that Bethesda's a relatively mm-hmm. household name with Fallout and Skyrim and some of their other releases absolutely. And he transitioned, Doom, I mean.
0: and he transitioned uh Bethesda from becoming a developer only into a publisher. Yeah.
1: Like, he was part of that. So, like, you know, he can create true something. And great stage presence. I mean, I totally agree. I think that'd be a very interesting mm-hmm. switch. I mean, we'll just see what happens in the coming months. But I definitely think that's, like... I mean, it's a fun... Definitely a fun concept to think of. I just don't... I can't rule out the possibility that it's just another person leaving Xbox <laughs> to have maybe more creative freedom. I don't
0: know if it's the creative freedom. I think it may be just... I, th- I think people that make games want to sell their games
1: yeah i mean you want to make money a lot of times we know that compensation a lot of time is based on your bonuses based on basically. how many copies you sell so if there's any exactly. if there's any reason if there's any reason that your games are not being sold somewhere and there's not a good reason for it i mean naturally that's somebody basically telling you you're going to get paid less and not giving you an explanation which nobody is going to respond yeah, so. to positively so yeah i mean i think that definitely makes sense
0: and also, I mean, there's like, there's probably something of, especially with Shin, Shinji Makama, his roots are on PlayStation, Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Like, his, all his future projects are going to be sectioned off to this American console. I don't think that that's probably ideal for I'm him. Sure. He'd rather, ha- like, you know. And then there's a similar thing with P. Hines, where he's like a multi, they're multi platform studio. Obviously, Bethesda games always had an Xbox flare. the I remember DLCs coming to them first the games ran better on Xbox mm-hmm. so there's definitely some history there but they, they always came out on PlayStation the only uh, Bethesda game that didn't come out on PlayStation was Moral and I think but outside of that I was gonna no go ahead I was gonna say outside of that that everyone else came I know Oblivion came also a year earlier too but but that was a weird period where games were coming earlier to 360 and that was because PlayStation 3 was PlayStation 3 was a fucking mess, but Mm. that was more PlayStation issues than Bethesda having issues with PlayStation. Yeah, I
1: remember the same thing happened with Bioshock came out on Xbox 360 first. Mm -hmm. But something I was gonna say is I definitely understand from Pete Hines' perspective, where it's like, okay, well, what games, right, what are we saying is going everywhere and what's not going everywhere? Because I think what you said are perfect examples, right? Fallout, Elder Scrolls, you can think of them definitely more Xbox side with some of the benefits they got and during that 360 era. But I think of something like Doom, which is massive for them. I immediately think of PC. And then, honestly, after that, yeah, I mean, there's Doom 64, which I really enjoy. Doom was on PlayStation 1. There's a version of it. So Doom is one of those ones, too. Where it's like, this is a massive tentpole for you. What is, what's Doom's treatment? Is Doom Xbox only? Because if it mm-hmm. is... I would argue that that is the platform it's least known on and now exclusive to. So that Mm -hmm. would directly conflict with what Phil Spencer has said. So just not clear messaging. So I, yeah, like you were saying, it it makes sense for Pete Hines to be like, how am I supposed to market this?
0: Yeah. And then also, I think like we said, there's, there seems to be a tension between him and Pete Hines and Phil Spencer. Mm -hmm. Like I said, Pete Hines seems like more straightforward. Phil Spencer seems kind of a little bit of a bullshitter.
1: Yeah. And I don't
0: think that and works. And it's not
1: just to be. It is. It really. We're really not saying this to just be like, oh, PlayStation. Yeah. Fuck Xbox. It's really just like. Yeah, Jim Ryan is
0: also a bullshitter, too, by the way. You know, he remember Generations? We believe in Generations and the fucking Spider-Man 2 is the first, like, real AAA first party game. Yeah,
1: absolutely. But, I mean, there's even further evidence, like, even more recent with Phil Spencer to think about the... We haven't mentioned it yet, but the Activision Blizzard King deal is finally, like, signed through and done with. Mm -hmm. But even though that's happened since then, Phil Spencer has been, you know, like, of course, celebrating it and... There was like a write up that he did, basically you know, welcoming them to the family. But if you read through it, even reading through it, it's kind of confusing what he's saying, because he's saying, like we appreciate our fans from all platforms, even if you don't play on Xbox, but then that doesn't make any sense because if you're appreciating everyone from all platforms, what are you what are you saying like as and similar to what we were mentioning before, if that's the case for Activision, why is that not the case? for Bethesda it just seems like weird and bad communication and like specifically marketing. Honestly, mm-hmm. like if I was, if Xbox was my primary console, I guess like, you know, you would be getting everything, but I would still probably be like, what, what is he saying?
0: Yeah. And, and I, and if the marketing is bad, Pete Hans is the head of marketing. You're like, you like, you know, he's frustrated. He's like, there's, you're not communicating this correctly. Mm-hmm. And it's, If you're not communicating it with me correctly,
1: there's no way you're communicating it with the audience correctly. Yeah, that's true, too. So, whatever he does decide to do, much respect for Pete Hines. Had a great career.
0: Also, he can sail into the sunset. Yeah, whatever he decides to do, have a good
1: time. (laughs) He's he's served everyone well. Now. Definitely one of the industry icons. Absolutely agree. Definitely one of those people who has good personality, good presence, and that's that thing that It's useful to have, but I think it is just a absolute weapon when you have stage presence, but people also can believe what you're saying. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I never took him as one of those people that like, I can't think of any, because you know, like obviously God Howard, right? Todd Howard has memes about being like, it just works and shit like that. But I don't, I never, I. Todd Howard is a little bit of a Yeah, but I don't even, I can't even really think (laughs) of any memes with like Pete Hines. It's just like, no, he's just a cool guy. Like normally, what he says is like pretty straightforward.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's definitely gonna be missed, especially with like the double speak that seems to be surrounding Xbox. With like, you know, Phil Spencer's their main. Maybe it's also it could be a thing where it's like, you know, Phil Spencer's like, I'm the main mascot, and Bethesda and Pete Hans is kind of the mascot of Bethesda, and it's like you can't we can't have two mascots mm. as one guy.
1: Yeah, that's fair. They already got somebody. They already got somebody. Well. They got Daddy Phil. Daddy Phil. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, how that goes with Activision and stuff like that. I'm honestly pretty excited for Call of Duty. Fucking it. Uh, I are pretty... excited?
0: Well, you know, you're going to you're gonna have it on PlayStation. There's no going to be... It's parody. And there's no going to be exclusive skins or anything. So you yeah, gonna be that's all true. I think
1: I meant like specifically MW3 coming shortly. Oh. But I mean, in general, I mean, I guess, yeah, I, I've never been somebody who's like, I hate Call of Duty. I always enjoy it. So... Not always. Mm-hmm. I don't have every single one, but it's I'm always open to it. Now, anyone who's <laughs> listening that is working on first-person related things, I am always available to be taken away from Call of Duty. But when there's not competitive options, then that's why I'm always playing it. Right? Yeah, there is no real competitor to Call of Duty at and this point. And I'm not point. saying it even has to be like big like the same scale, like 10 teams and a ridiculous amount of things... In it, that's not even what I need. I'm just saying any FPS. I'm pretty interested. You know, I could I could be pulled away. They just have to be there. Yeah, X Defiant. You fucking fumbled the bag. Yeah, the timing is a little timing is a little off on that. It's gonna be much harder to it's gonna be much harder to recover after MW3 comes out than doing it before. Yeah, but you so you're so you're
0: excited. You heard a new 21 song called "Me Revenge." I didn't.
1: But I'm excited.
0: Yeah, I think it's in the most recent mm. trailer.
1: Is that the lobby trailer? Which I didn't watch, but I know it's called the lobby. I don't. I don't know. I just saw that he has a mm. new song called "Call Me
0: Revenge" and it's tied to Call of Duty. So he's getting. He's getting that I corporate. I mean, he's bag. in the game. I've killed him a couple
1: of times he's, in the game. Oh, yeah.
0: damn! You kill
1: twenty one. That's what you saying. in the game. The streets I'm not are saying hot in real life. <laughs> I try to get in no fights. I'm pussed. Yeah. <laughs> 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 i think this is a perfect note to yeah. end th- today's episode <laughs> i had a good time good episode a lot of fun things to talk about i will probably enjoy the rest of my night either playing monster hunter rise or cleaning up some spider-man trophies what are you gonna do
0: mm-hmm.
1: i'm probably gonna play spider-man
0: mm-hmm. too well i have to drive back home and then i'll play spider-man mm-hmm. too because i'm recording from my parents house. <laughs> but
1: all good so yeah we'll have i hope you enjoy that i'm very excited for you to finish that and then for us to get a full discussion on that Definitely. we appreciate everyone listening. Obviously, thank you for being here and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the show. We hope you enjoyed it. If that wasn't a total waste of your time, consider leaving us a review on the service that you're listening on as it really helps us out. If you'd like to be a part of the show, feel free to reach out to us on any of the socials linked in the episode notes. You can reach us with your questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, and ideas. Until next time, don't forget to keep breathing.